1: The Kogan Money credit card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Summer Breakfast
2: on this Monday morning, the 23rd day of January. The McCafe menu, she is locked and loaded today. We've got a big one our official coffee partner has for us, Corey McKernan, North Melbourne legend, We'll get him on to discuss North Melbourne's captaincy. Dual captains down at Arden Street for the first time in club history. We'll get Corey's take on that. Mark Woodford, SEN tennis expert as well. Craig Tiley, the Australian Open boss. Plenty to talk to Craig about after the events of the last week and a bit. BP, SEN tennis commentator as well. So we're We've got Melbourne Park covered from every angle this morning. Uh, we'll get BP on about the events of last night as Stefanos Sitsapas marches on. Questions without notice. And last fan standing today, thanks to Mackers in an all-new time slot today, 7.20am. So note that time, 7.20am, different time, same prize potentially, for you to go into the grand final on January 30 to win the tickets to India. SEM Breakfast is for the Koga Money credit card, packed full of value. Great to see him once again. Simon O'Donnell here with us. G'day, Scoob. Morning. Prime time, the quiz. It is,
3: isn't it? Couldn't stay out of prime time anymore. You know, the renowned hour on breakfast is 7 to 8, and they've just said, well, let's put the big gear in the big show. And there we are. Prime time, it's the quiz.
2: Either that or our guests have shunted it forward. Uh, I'm not sure what one, possibly the latter. But I'm just so glad to see you. And I wasn't only glad to see you this morning. I was glad to see you had a couple of little bags by your side as well as you <laughs> came in. I just heard that, you know, that unmistakable Rustle. sound of brown paper bags. It's rustling, and I said, hopefully, what's in there, Simon? And the work. spuds have arrived. They have arrived. Spud, Spud game
4: gate. is over. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah,
2: hallelujah. It's a beautiful moment, and geez, they, are, they look every bit as good as advertised.
3: Well, I've been uh, tasting the said product uh, over the last few days since they've been harvested, and very pleased. Saturday night, I did them, I cut them into smaller little portions, and I slid, slid the top and put some. Garlic, salt across them, and some olive oil just to crunch them up. Oh,
2: so I pick them up and they like oh they they've like they've just come straight Unwash. from the, the yeah. earth. No, Magnificent smell! Oh, they can smell that Kilmore soil. So, <laughs> what would you recommend I do with them though? Are Whatever they to be no no? But you know, certain potatoes are good for certain things. Are they? Are they good for roasting? Are they good for mashing? Everything. Are they good for everything? They're completely versatile. Everything. Spud, do they have a name? This spud. Sod spuds. <laughs> we don't know what we're dealing with, but they look, they look Spud incredible. Spuds.
3: We should take a photo of them, actually. Yeah, my wife has been the, the um, architect of the spuds. She loves a veggie garden. Well, big and, thank you. And um, we, we had a glass of wine on Saturday, and we. Dug up some more and... No, I appreciate you bringing we, them in. We thoroughly enjoyed it and yeah. I hope you you guys enjoyed them. I mean, yeah, long overdue, nice. long overdue, but I'm glad oh, you brought them in. So, yeah.
2: absolutely <laughs> magnificent. Uh, the open line today, by the way, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 The tip of 40 wigs text is 433 11 16 Um... I was glad to see them because I had a mare last night. My phone doesn't go flat very often, but it went flat on the way back from Adelaide. And uh, I I plugged it in last night. I didn't get back in until late to get to Jetstar. Oh, you're late. Jetstar. Do they run on time anymore, Jetstar, do you reckon? (laughs) They should make an announcement when you get there to say, we are on time. I mean, how often do they say we are running late? So we are about 50 minutes late last night. Not a big deal. But it's a big deal when you're not leaving until late and you're not due to land until 9.30. So it didn't land until, you know, 10, 20, didn't get home until after 11 hours, dark. everyone asleep, go to plug it in, but used a different phone charger. But it came on, you know, the little battery after you've had your iPhone runs flat. Mm. Set the alarm, did all that, not off. Wake up with a like a jolt. Like, the alarm should have gone off. The body clock is an amazing thing, isn't it? It is
3: absolutely amazing.
2: Tap the phone to check the time and it's still got the red battery on it. It's gone back, <laughs> it's regressed. In a paddock, dead stairs, bolted in here to see you. Gee whiz. <laughs> Uh, good time over there in Adelaide. Now, tell me
3: about Adelaide. I'm absolutely... you, you obviously
2: the peloton didn't catch you. No, <laughs> no. We watched a lot of the race. Actually, great to see an Aussie win it. Actually, in the end, over there, Jay Vine on Boo, twenty-seven year old from Townsville. So, uh, but had a great time. Properly rinsed now, though. Absolutely physically shattered. <laughs> but uh, three. So how far did you ride? Uh, we did three or four big days in the sun and the hills behind Adelaide. There. Uh... Yeah, uh, one fifty. Anywhere between one twenty and one fifty every day, and a, a couple oh, of, truth. couple of thousand meters of climbing. So we we're pretty, pretty, wow, pretty. How many of you? Munched by the end, half a dozen. That no, was great.
3: And how do you get involved? Like, so do you ring up and book in or something? Well, uh, how well, do you, you get involved in that?
2: You just go to Adelaide and book your accommodation and watch the race. But the beauty, no, of, but to, the beauty to ride of soccer, the bike in front can, of them. No, no. Well, we didn't always do that. You can go and ride your bike wherever you want around Adelaide while the r- race is on, and this is the beauty of cycling. You can't do it in other sports, but you can go and do a bit of exercise, watch the race, go off and do a bit more, come back and watch the race. So it's just follow the course, pick it up wherever you, wherever you like. But gee whiz, they Get on was... the food and drink at any stage. Absolutely, had some great meals. couple of Italian didn't We went to an Afghan you're... Afghan yeah. restaurant on the a uh, good steak on the on the uh, on the Friday. Um, oh, on the Thursday. So Thursday you told night me about the Thursday night. The hanger steak. Yeah, yeah, that was the hanger. Did you research the hanger steak? No, I didn't. Only one per beast on the old hanger?
3: Yeah. I, I, I was. I, I said I'd get one on the weekend, and then I didn't get to the butcher on Friday like I thought I was going to. So I haven't researched the hanger yet, but I will research the
2: hanger. Now, I had a great weekend, but enough about me. Your son had a good weekend too, I hear, with the ball in hand.
3: He got a few wickets.
2: How many scalps did he take?
3: Actually, something came out of that. We've got a, there'll probably be a bit of a family issue
2: what's happened?
3: Well, I was playing golf.
2: You weren't there. I you never miss. I <laughs> <I> never miss.
3: know. know. Never miss. He's he's had a really good day so I know what the discussion will be this week will be look, possibly best you uh
2: stay clear. Now just don't, for the record don't, this don't is go. this is Tom and he's taken has he taken 8 for? He he's taken 8 for. Mm. And you didn't see one of them. No you better have had a good round. Did you have a good round? I hit him all right. You better I, have
3: got, I hit him all right. The Dale and I went for a hit of golf yesterday. We yeah. said, no, we did a just a bit of time, we had quality time together, we thought. I, was it lasted eight about for? two holes, quality time. So, it was then a complete pain.
2: Because last time we talked about Tom, I'm not sure if we did it on air, but he was close to cracking into the, the Stars set up, wasn't he? for a game earlier this year. He, he, went, he went was into piloted the into the there, squad. Probably. Yeah. yeah. He, so he's he, playing some good so, cool No, things. no,
3: he's, it was really good. Uh, and the Bombers had a good win, and they've got a big night coming up on February 4, which is their 150th anniversary. It's
2: a big night.
3: Right. So um, he's speaking
2: to you then, despite the fact you weren't there.
3: Well, yeah, he spoke to me briefly last night. But mm. I, I know, you know some stages this week that we looked at, you know, Things seem to be going okay when you're not there, so how about you stay away? <laughs> oh, you reckon
0: you play this? I, I might get there. yeah. So I, it'll really? be sort
3: of now, you know, the chair behind the tree, hidden up the back somewhere. I won't be able to sort of lob, but we'll battle on. They they went they went really well.
2: No, they should if he's gone and taken a uh Simon, you must plant your spuds early. This time of year spuds are still normally growing and still about twelve weeks away from being harvested. Have I got some premature spuds here oh, or did
3: that look premature, the one you picked out of the bag this picked out of the bag this morning? No, look, that didn't, didn't look, look very, very too good. premature, did it? No,
2: it did. Okay. I'm not, I'm no expert on the spud uh, harvesting and, and when they should be Yeah, I'm not
3: sure who sent that in, but let me tell you, there'll be a bing on my phone in a minute. Now, you... saying... I'll be telling you when the spuds go in and when they come
2: out. Just quickly, Tommy didn't take a hat trick as well in that effort, did he? Mm-hmm. He took a hatty. Well, split hat trick. Split hat trick. So I had a spell, went away, came back. Uh, two, two
3: in the at the end of the first innings, and then one with the first one right. of the second.
2: So it's, what's a hat trick? Yeah, I think that's a hat trick. That's magnificent. He's <laughs> a good guy. That is so good. Hey, well speaking done. of cricket, did you see the thunder? You know the thunder and oh, Steve Smith. I mean, I don't, oh another 100. How, how much can we? Uh, the Sixers
3: hadn't had anyone score a hundred in their history, Smith. he comes back to the
2: team, and scores two in a row. Steve Smith has absolutely brained me. What well, they reckon might be the best at BBL innings of of all time. <laughs> uh, incredible, but th- that was great. But the one that I wanted to talk to you about as part of the ramble was the moment where Ollie Davies came out to join David Warner in the middle of the weekend, and. Uh, David Warner went to welcome him to the crease and, and this is how Ollie Davies chose to respond to the uh, to the champ.
1: How are you, champion? Hey, don't champ me, mate. Don't champ me, mate. Um, oh, it is. When he dug it in the wicket, yeah. I thought I had all the time in the world and I just swung through it, but yeah. just holding a fraction, mate. Yeah, It'll probably hang cost you. Full face. Let's
2: go, bro. Go Rockstar. Dropped a champion on him he didn't enjoy it. Champion and rock star. A couple of good combos early on. As uh, Dave Warner says, uh, welcome. Good to see you, champion. Don't champ me, mate. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just put the superstar vet back right back in his box, didn't he? Ollie Davies. Poor. Um, there was one thing that I wanted to raise you that I absolutely loved over the weekend. Now, Andrew and, Bowl, Peter Bowl, Peter Bowl. sorry. No, I didn't like that at all. That made me feel sick. We'll get to that a little bit later on. I'm, I was shocked. I was disappointed. I couldn't. I don't want to believe it. It's like any time you hear those sort of things, you, you you want to believe, you desperately want to believe the athlete. But no, we'll come back to that in a moment. The English Premier League's um, obviously well and truly in the thick of it over there. And by the way, Arsenal coming back this morning to defeat Man U 3-2 with a 90th minute winner. That was a huge game. So the Gunners, they're not cracking yet, Scoob. Um, and there were some other scores as well, Man City pump walls. But... Chelsea played Liverpool, another big rivalry up at Anfield. A lot of listeners might remember the name John Terry. He was captain of England. He was captain of Chelsea. I think 715-odd games, 15 trophies, um, captain forever, the Jose Mourinho era, a legend of that club. But he'd always wanted to go and sit in the away end with the Chelsea supporters (laughs) at big away games. So he went along and watched Chelsea play Anfield. He wore a disguise, like he pulled his mask up over the weekend to sneak into Anfield. And when the Chelsea supporters realised it, it was him, pandemonium broke out <laughs> in the stands at Anfield. And they're chanting and singing. they laced with profanity, which we can't play. But I thought that was magnificent. He's a club legend going to a game with the rank and file, with a disguise, and just enjoying, mm. enjoying it. How, how good is that? You wouldn't see many AFL players doing that, would you? Go down behind the goals and the cheer squad. See, and the funny thing is, I
3: reckon a lot of AFL players do do it. You know, go with their mates on a Sunday after they've played, you know, for Collingwood on a Saturday. You reckon? Yeah, and just go into the outer and have a pie and a can of Coke. I, I, I actually think quite a few do do it, but they're not recognised. But, you know, he was, a, he was a superstar for for a long, long time, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. It? How long did he play?
2: 15, oh, 17 odd forever. years? Like forever. Just, he was Started years. at West Ham. Started at West Ham. Now, his family, uh, absolutely, you know, uh, blood is uh, thicker than water is the same. We got
3: rid of him from the Hammers. We didn't want yeah,
2: to. Yeah, but the Hammer, the, the family stayed aligned with the Hammers, even though he went and became a legend at Chelsea, so much so that he, he once scored against West Ham. And he went over to celebrate in front of their fans and he looked up and there's his old man and his uncle and they're giving him the bird. (laughs) So their son scores, a proud moment. He looks up and he sees his uncle just giving him a big fat bird. (laughs) So I don't think think they were going to deviate. Hammer's update. What happened? What happened? They over haven't... Everton. We... Oh, they did win. Yeah. Oh, but Everton are in all sorts of trouble over yeah. there. Possibly yeah, we... going to get relegated. Uh, leeds Brentford, by the way, the other game over there today, ended in a nil-nil draw. But all the talk about the Gunners after uh, rolling Manchester United not too long ago either. Um, listening to that one on the way in. Uh, they scored in the 90th minute to win 3-2. So, early quiz today. Uh, a lot of people are uh, texting in already. Chris, I reckon this is our mate Chris from Point Cook. It is... You can move the quiz. I will not be deterred, and I appreciate the sympathy prizes last week. But I have one goal and one goal only. Oh, <laughs> well, just keep padding up, Chris, uh, and hopefully can you know get what's going to happen
3: in the end. I'm just going to have to take control for Chris. What do you mean to get him on there? Well, how are you going to take control? Him in the draw?
2: You can't. There's no match fixing going on Why? here. There's no inside information. There's no. Indian bookmaker or pitch reports John, being passed on. John, no, John John the bookie's not involved here. Oh, I wouldn't be so sure. So if Chris is going to get it done, he's going to have to do it on his own steam. Uh, there's quite a bit of chatter going on in the underworld
3: about this quiz and what I should or shouldn't be doing. And negotiations are
2: continuing. We're racing up to that uh, January 30 grand final as well for last fan standing. That's for the whole box and dice. That is is for the trip oh, to so India. So far
3: It's only a week away. No, no.
2: Uh, we've got another week of this. Uh, together with Maccas, we're giving you and a mate the chance to win that trip to Delhi for the second test, Australia and India. It's in February and it's all thanks to Maccas. So each weekday, summer breakfast and later on with a pipe, 11 cricket questions. You've got to be the last fan standing after the 11th. And on that date, January the 30th, we'll have the final last fan standing quiz. So it's for flights for you and a mate to Delhi. Five nights of the best accommodation we can find. We, you've got yet a, a sports luncheon with the SN commentary team as well. The corporate hospitality laid on thick at the cricket. $1,000 spending money, all thanks to our friends at McDonald's.
3: Did I talk to you about Peter Bolt?
2: Yeah. Do you want to do that after the break? Oh, okay. All right. We'll do that. What after. about Ash
3: Gardner? She doesn't want to play cricket on Australia Australia She's. I saw her a tweet. In. Yeah.
2: She has. Yeah, that yep. raised your eyebrows and yes. many others, uh, and the McCafe menu still to come. Corey McKernan, Mark Woodford, Craig Tiley, BP, and that flyblown BP. BP. I'm a bit flyblown f- now. I'm a bit flyblown this morning. Actually, Actually, so you are. You hairs. You're doing a high hair on me this morning. Got a fair bit of sun as well, which I'm not too happy about. Uh, we'll take a break. Back with more on <laughs> you summer. Need a bit of vitamin D. Right after
3: this, you do.
1: The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast.
2: Hey, there was some other cricket heroics over the weekend. Uh, someone sent a text in uh, earlier to let us know about... It. Oh, it was Cramer up in Brisbane? Yeah, saw the story as well online. Jack Ginevan made 100 <laughs> playing for his his, uh, his old hometown, Barkers Creek, out near, near Castle Wayne there. So he hit 118, uh, the young Collingwood forward, from 85 balls, 11 boundaries, and seven sixes. Although the pitches can be deceiving, but it looks as though they're playing on a postage stamp out there <laughs> uh, outside Barkers Creek. But still, it is amazing how many footballers go back and have it uh, over the summer and mm. plunder some big scores, don't no, no. they? Mainly batters, not many bowlers. They don't let the bowlers
3: bowl much. No. I don't mind the batters having mean Maddie Lloyd fancies himself with the ball. as a bit of a quick off the long run. Yeah, as well. I think Maddie Lloyd, I'll tell you, Jonathan Palmer's Brown bowled, bowled with a bit of. Bowls with a bit of pace. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brendan Goddard bowled with a bit of pace. Did he? Yeah, yeah, in their day. BJ. My, pretty my sharp. Way. But um, Jonathan Brown. Oh, yeah. Good sharp. And and
2: lefty, if I remember rightly. Did he played the intimidation game, did he, as well, JB? Try to. Well, I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> John, John's called in from Port Augusta. Uh, welcome to you, John.
5: Morning, fellas. Yeah, Nick Rewald was a pretty good cricketer, too, wasn't he? Rui. Yeah,
2: he's that's a good bat. Rui.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty good, good cricketer. A lot of read in his autobiography and all the rest of it. Yeah.
2: All these hey, guys,
5: on, um, they're
2: all the same, Johnny. They're good yeah. at everything.
5: Well, that's right. So that's like, like yeah, you know, like I'm a big great Bradley fan, being a port man. Uh, Craig Bradley was, yeah, you know, like, yep. as, as you said, Simon, you, you played cricket with him a little bit in Victoria. But um, just on, um, on, um, are you bloke surprised at the likes of Mark Williams, Choco, and Gary Ayers haven't had other senior coaching
2: jobs and all the rest of it. I'm pretty surprised. I don't know their stories intimately enough, John, to, to know you know um, how close they've come or what the situation has been for them individually that uh, that has seen that to not be the case. But certainly Mark Williams to not even be um, employed in the game for a long period of time at AFL level was, uh, was a surprise. And, and Gary Ayers as well, as you say. But now it's funny how the currency changes. It only takes one club to really boost one's currency doesn't so melbourne have taken um taken choco on board and he's said to be absolutely magnificent um you know works with the younger players um works with the older players builds relationships great on the bench for simon goodwin a trusted figure there who's seen everything in the game i'm not sure johnny maybe in the case of mark he was just sort of cut from a different cloth a bit and maybe I'm, i'm not really can't answer that other than to say he's resume was um, was very impressive and his winning percentage very good and he's a premiership coach at the end of the day. I think there's a bit of wokeness about appointing coaches.
3: You know, if you're not in that younger bracket and with all the right terminology, you start going out the door a bit. does go they, in trends, doesn't it? Yeah, if, the, if there's a bit of hardcore about you that you know you, you need to speak firmly to someone, I think I think that's sort of frowned upon now. Which I find a, quite
2: remarkable. Was he seen to be a raging disciplinarian? Like he had that in him, but I thought he was always sort of.
3: But, but I think you're falsely sort of um, mm. uh, tainted with it, if you like, because you're coming out of this era. I you know, reckon Ross Lyon's just got away with it, uh, but you know the, the the modern coaching now and the that the, there's hard. It seems that there's hardly any room for that. That firmness with with players, you know, or but Cl- but a, a Clark- bit of that old style stuff.
2: Clarko has that. Bevo would have that. Damien Hardwick would have that. But it's funny he 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 lost his job, and not sure if he wanted to take some time out from the game. Then he couldn't get back into the game. I'm, I'm really not sure, Johnny. But um, it's a it's, question. It's, it's long been um a mystifying topic that one. And and Gary Azza was a senior coach uh, for a long, long time. And
3: they do love him at Melbourne. Absolutely. I love what he brings right. to the table at Melbourne. him, him at... in warm-ups and he's always out
2: giving someone a hug and hand around Richmond their waist too. saying, you know, this and that. You know, he's a beauty. Uh, Scott's texting, I was waiting for this. Sorry for oh, your loss over the base. weekend, Scoob, with Camilla Giorgi straight losing. sets. I feel your pain. Yeah. No, straight sets. Gone. meant to raise that with you. Yeah. Now uh, you mentioned Ash Gardner before the break. Uh, she called out over the weekend the decision uh, by Cricket Australia to schedule an international women's game on January 26. Now the, the Aussies have been play, playing Pakistan in the ODIs, of course, in the lead up to the to the World Cup in South Africa. Now they've got a three-match T20 international series starting on Tuesday. The second game in Hobart has been scheduled to take place on January 26. A decision that uh, quote unquote doesn't sit well. With Ash Gardner, who of course is the reigning Belinda Clark medallist, So pretty handy cricketer. Very she tweeted, As a proud Murawari woman and reflecting on what Jan 26 means to me and my people, it's a day of hurt and a day of mourning. My culture is something I hold close to my heart, something I'm always proud to speak about whenever asked. I'm also fortunate enough to play cricket for a living, which is something I dreamt of as a kid. Unfortunately, this year, the cricket team has been scheduled to play a game on the 26th of Jan, which certainly doesn't sit well with me as an individual, but also all the people I'm representing. But she said that she will still play, Scoob. She won't sit it out. I guess it was just her way of saying, you know, that matches should not be scheduled on, uh, on well, January 26th. I just don't think she should play. Set it out. Yeah, sit it out. I mean, I think
3: I think that's pretty pretty simple. And you know, you, you understand her, her thoughts, and she's entitled to those thoughts. But if they if they're as strong as, as you know, for her to say what she said, I, th- I, th- I don't think there's any harm. And she says, "Look, I'm not going to play."
2: Cricket Australia didn't schedule any big bash games on the 26th this year either. They, they haven't, and they're not going to, I don't think, referred to uh, the day as Australia Day in any of their marketing or, or publicity around this women's T20 game in Hobart on uh, on Thursday. So anyway, we'll see where it lands. Yeah, but you're right. She was compelled enough to go out and, and uh, on the record and, and tweet her thoughts on the day she did over the weekend. Um the news headlines are upon us, but I do want to get to you about Peter Boll and as the, what your initial reaction was where the, your believability percentage with it as well. Uh, and we'd love your involvement too out there on the Temper 40 Wings text, the consumer's choice winner. Temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforming to the exact shape of your body. Uh, no amount of coffee is going to be enough today. So I'm going to load up on a McCafe here while we get to Anna Pavlou with the headlines. Welcome back. A sports update for Toro. Above or below ground, you can count on Toro. I'll tell you what, the stars just continuing to align uh, for, well, he's a fan favourite these days, Stefanos Tsitsipas. Uh, scuba, a five-set win over Yannick Sinner overnight. He was two sets up before Sinner won the next two, came charging back. But Tsitsipas won the final set 6-3 and will now face uh, the Czech player, Yuri Lecheka. Did you see any of this uh, match last night? I'm time? filthy on it because I went,
3: uh, I watched the first two sets. I'm a bit of a Sinner fan and a Sister Bats fan. I thought, oh, this is good. And then when he went to, I thought, oh, done. Oh, no. So I'll start you turned you know, in. getting prepared to you know,
2: hit the sack and oh, I you you know, were what say, are we going to do tomorrow? I thought and... going to say getting prepared for this show. I was no, but well, right.
3: What are we going to do tomorrow? <laughs> and, you know, having a bit of a troll through you know, a bit of news that was about and... You know, fell asleep eventually and got up during the night. But I better check just how that, um, what, Sistapes won that third set and went five. Yep. It was an absolute belter. I hope it's a belter for Alex Dimon tonight as oh, well. He's set yeah. to play Novak Djokovic in the fourth round. And tonight.
2: I, w- I want to talk to Craig Tolley about the scheduling as well, because Andy Murray, very vocal, of course, over the weekend. And Novak Djokovic has come in behind him as well. Maybe less day matches to enable the night sessions to start just a fraction earlier. So we're not starting at 10.30 or that they don't bleed into the night session slot as well. Keeps them out of the nightclubs. The great Rod Laver was there to witness it all last night uh, as well. So it's a good opportunity for Tsitsipas, Scoop, because Mm. Rafa's out, Daniel Medvedev's out. They were in his half of the draw. So the the highest seed left in his pathway to the final, Stefanos, is the 18th seed from Poland, uh, uh, Karen Hutchinov. So, good opportunity for him. But the way this Australian Open's been going, who would know? Uh, And best of luck to the Demon tonight. Uh, Ash Gardner, we spoke about, says playing cricket on January 26th doesn't sit well with her, stating it's a day of hurt for Indigenous people. Australia's T20 series against Pakistan does begin tomorrow after they wrapped up, by the way. I mentioned that ODI series. They won that series 3-0, a clean sweep. Beth Mooney scoring her third ODI century on Saturday, a career-best 133 scuba. Yep, talking of high scores, Beth Moody got one, so of the Perth Scorchers and the Renegades,
3: uh, come think of it. Both uh, sides 200 plus, but the Perth Scorchers, um, they got there in the end by 10 runs, securing top spot on the ladder, of course. Cam Bancroft, he's in good form, 95. Uh, Aaron Finch, 76, not out in the chase, but the Renegades, Fell desperately short just 10 runs.
2: What, I didn't game. see this. So what happened to David Mooney, the Renegades' quick? He's he's, he's spell in the first innings, uh, he bowled a second over, uh, I think I read. It lasted four deliveries uh, yesterday. He was forced out of the attack for bowling a couple of beamers. Mm. A couple of can't, nasty can't full tosses. That. One, you get a warning, two. Outchie.
3: That's it. I'm assuming they slipped out of his hand. He might have been a bit sweaty. So yeah, as I per, don't think he didn't like the bloke at the other end. Well, per, he didn't like the bloke at the other end, <laughs> but not that
2: much. As per cricket laws, a bowler can be taken out of the attack if they send mm. down two deliveries above waist height, yeah. which Nampa believes is dangerous for the batter. Yeah, you fond of a beamer in your day? Send a couple down if needed. Yeah, you were fond of the slow ball beamer. That was my favourite one. The one that looked like it was going at 130, <laughs> but really was coming at 30. <laughs> Uh, Harley Bennell
3: I, I never bought one at 130 Fast or slow <laughs> well, What's your top,
2: top? I don't know 115 115 oh, Okay well, i had a few but Things get You know the fish get bigger 95 uh, Harley Bennell's revealed He's heading to Melbourne To have one more crack At getting back into the AFL A brilliant season in the NTFL It was for the TW Bombers What do you mean? Oh he's, a, he's allowed to come down To have another go Isn't he? Two
3: huge games in the NFL today, the Bills and the Bengals. Uh, that's from 7 o'clock this morning. And the 49ers and the Cowboys uh, follow that uh, Bills and Bengals game. Harley, seriously. How odd's Harley now? Oh, I'd have to have He had lot. those calf injuries, didn't he? He had a lot of injuries. Yeah. I don't know if a season you know, for the. Tee Wee Bombers is going to send him up for another crack at the AFL. Oh, that's
2: all right. If he's feeling good about himself and, and he's, he's 30 years of age this What days. club's going to give him a shot? Uh, looking ripped, we're told as well. Fit? What club is going to give him a shot? Probably the Saints, I'm feeling. It'll be your Saints who reach out and extend the olive branch. Uh, looking for that A-grade talent. They might have just discovered a little diamond in the rough, something that no one else had thought of to unlock. I olive wish Benno's probably talent. well,
3: but his record doesn't speak too highly about a comeback.
2: Alright, Australia's greatest ever 800 metre runner, in fact our national record holder is Peter Bowl. and uh, I tell you what I was shocked, saddened when that story hit the headlines uh, on Friday. He says though after testing positive for EPO, the A sample by the way, he believes he's the victim of a flawed and unfair anti-doping system. He is Pleaded his innocence multiple times in the days since via a statement, interviews with the Herald Sun and the like, asking people not to rush to judge him. Um, it comes after he was provisionally suspended for returning a positive result for EPO. Now, I don't know about you, Scoop, is that I want to believe, I desperately want to believe, and he's he's uh, full of conviction. His denials are strong. They're categoric. He's been absolute in his rejection of any suggestion whatsoever that not only has he ever taken EPO, but he's ever researched it, ever discussed it, ever even considered it. I want to believe him. But has an athlete ever put their hand up straight away and said, you got me? That's my fear. Mm. And I'm sure a lot of people's fears this morning. Am am I reading a bit too
3: much into it? Because those statements I read, so for, for him to have a reading of this in this manner or of this manner, um, would a, another source have to
2: inject? Okay, so the only way EPO, so it's a naturally occurring, secreted in the kidneys. Everyone has it. It's a naturally occurring event in the body, if you like. Mm-hmm. But at this level, well, that actually said to be borderline. The the positive, the A sample, from what That's I've read. Told. Yeah, I, I've read that. Too. Only what's reported. That, too. that 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 the that, that was a borderline. Margin- it wasn't a high red, marginal. marginal. So. Could it have been naturally occurring? The only way EPO otherwise gets into the body is via a syringe, is via an injection. So that's why he says, so, I know for so sure. So he I've- wouldn't have had – I'm just looking
3: at the the plea that he's putting in front of us that he hasn't researched it and he handed over his phone, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Well, it, it, he probably didn't have to research it.
2: He said, I know for sure. I've never done any needles or injected anything, not even thought about taking performance-enhancing drugs, let alone injecting it. I think that was a story did with Scotty Gullin, um, at the Herald Sun. He's obviously asked for the B sample, which, to be honest, can't come quick enough. I think that's probably three to four weeks away. The hope is it comes back ne- negative, which would obviously make it all go away, apart from the mud that would stick to him and his reputation, which you've got to admit would still be significant. But at least it would mean his career isn't completely blown to smithereens. But that is... I don't know how many times that has happened where the B samples exonerated. It wouldn't be many. Uh, it would be it would be a rare, rare, rare event. And I,
3: I don't know if we can go with the flawed testing system either. The testing system has been around for a while. So I'm with you. Fingers crossed that, that the career continues. Um, but. Uh, we've, just got to, we've just got to wait it out.
2: Totally. What made it so shocking was this wasn't a masking agent or, um, you know, it can't be, it wasn't like a protein irregularity or anything. This is a, needle, a needle in the body, allegedly, for EPO, which is older than time. It's yeah. been an endurance uh, sport drug for a long, long time, predating the Lance Armstrong era. And the, the testing for it has been around for a long, long time as well. So it's a... Uh, well, you know, we can always hope for the best, but considered to be a black and white situation when it comes to uh to to EPO and the testing for it uh, as well. Your spuds have arrived though on a happier note, which is absolutely oh, really? magnificent. I can't wait to to chow into them a little bit later on. Dave's in Mernda. He wanted to have a chat about him as well. Good day, Dave. Good morning to you.
6: So I just wanted to check out with the tour down under and how, how you went travelling putting those potatoes with the
2: um, cycle, cycle crew that you had there. Oh, well, Dave, I only got the spuds when I got back this morning from Scoob, which is great because I need to top up on the carbs, to be honest. I'm a bit depleted after a couple of big days in the saddle. So Scoob's potatoes uh, won't last long at my household, but loved it in Adelaide. I'm a, I'm a convert. I, I love the city of Adelaide. Geez, it's easy to get around over there, Dave. Brilliant. Oh, we lost him. I think he said absolutely. I think I could hear him faintly there, but his phone might be playing up. Uh, sports update. That uh, was for Toro, by the way. Above or below ground, you can count on Toro. If you can hear us, Dave, appreciate your call. We need to take was a Dave, break. Was that a drive-by for me? What was his drive-by? That I delivered the potatoes later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might well have been, actually, a little little oh, sneaky I think, one. I
3: think Dave's going to be a drive-by. A little subtle
2: one. Oh, just before we get to a break, Steve's text in: Lordy coaching my son's team nowadays. Still super competitive. Our boy's strong back on the leg side, so Lordy put three and four boys there. Little uh, did he know that constituted uh, a no <laughs> ball. <laughs> Good on you, Steve. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll take a break here on uh, Summer Brekkie back shortly.
1: The Kogan Money credit card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer breakfast.
2: Should have mentioned on the Toro Sports Update as well, Arsenal 3, Manchester United 2 in the English Premier League. A lot of text coming through. Some happy Gunners fans out there at the moment. Uh, Scoob, you had your head down in potato recipes down there. <laughs> you found any good ones there? What do you on yes. there? Taste.com.au. Right? Uh, Taste.com.au.
3: Some ripping recipes. What are you leaning towards? Oh, uh, you... There's a well, you, potato bake if you want to go that way. But the, the traditional ones where you just put those um, uh, little uh, slots in, in the top of the potatoes. Yeah. yeah, and put a bit of honey through them. So honey. I, I, I put a bit of garlic and olive oil there on Saturday honey. night. But yeah, a bit of honey through them. And, and then that glazes over the potato.
2: And roast them in that. Yeah, Whoa. fantastic. Some Have great you, recipes. Jeez, Have you ever tried to get a... Taxi home from the tennis before? Late night tennis match. It is a nightmare. It no, is difficult. To the driver. It's a it's a lot of uh, <laughs> Well, they're threatening to boycott fares to and from the Australian Open at the moment. Uh, there, there's reports out there that they're unhappy about safety we'll compliance head checks. On, mate. I don't tell- so authorities have been briefed on a series of text messages you get I'm in reading the back in there of the front or when your driver arrives. Do you get it in the uh, back or the front? I mix it up a bit, to be honest. Yeah. Depends if I need to borrow his phone charger, or not. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise I'm in the back. I haven't got a taxi for ages, to be honest. I'm all about the Uber, though, Scoop. Um, so I'm either whatever's quickest. Now, there's something of a protest action with the taxis down there at the rank outside Melbourne Park are being organised because of compliance officers visiting ranks at Melbourne Park and Albert Park on the lookout for dodgy drivers. That's why they're threatening to boycott the tennis. I mean, heaven forbid standards should be maintained. I mean, what is going on down the there? taxi the taxis... drivers are threatening to boycott yes. the tennis. Yes. I didn't see that. Where did you see that? I saw that and read that in the Herald Sun. Wow. And there's a lot of, you know, they wrote a story last week saying there's a growing number of Melburnians being left stranded in the city, unable to get a home during the holiday season as taxi drivers haggled over inflated upfront fees. This is nothing new. Taxi drivers have been doing this for yeah. 20, 30 years. You know, they wind down the window, where are you going? And if they don't like the answer, they just drive off. Yeah. Nothing. And at 2am or at midnight or at 1am, when you're just desperate to get home, public transport's not running anymore. They know they can do whatever they want. Mm. They can negotiate their own fare. You know, women on their own who are worried about safety, who just want to get home. To be honest, it's disgraceful. And they wonder why Uber has shot past them as well for, for ease of use. But the, the rank there at um, Melbourne Park can be a mess after those late-night sessions. So that's uh, all the talk at the moment. Um, but, jeez, it, it's been happening for years and years with the taxis, though. Nothing worse than after a night out. If you happen to live in somewhere close like Carlton or Richmond or whatever, you couldn't get a lift. Yeah. They didn't like the fare. Yeah, they switch the meter off and just say, "No, no, it's fifty bucks." Yeah, and what are you and how are you cash. going to negotiate with that at one in the morning? Mm. You just not are you? No, you just pay Even cash. I want to get home, uh, yeah, put my Adam... head on the pillow and have a <laughs> have a snooze when the
3: planes come in late. And now the taxi drivers trying to give it to me as well. Jeez, you've had a tough
2: time, haven't you, the last twenty four hours? Taxi drivers, I tell you, um, if you if you have, actually have. Navigated the taxi rank at Melbourne Park in this Australian Open. Give us a buzz or drop us a text on the open line 1300 736 736 or the Temper 40 yeah. Winks, which is 0433 98 11 let
3: hope for Peter Bowl. Sam Solomon. I just read had Adam's a, text.
2: Yeah, I forgot that. Was had a, a positive A sample and his B sample came back negative. And was cleared, of course. Yeah, cleared. Boom. There will be an element. And unfortunately, even if that is, the, and hopefully that is the case for Peter Bowl, but, geez, mud's going to stick. There's going to be people that still think the worst of him, which I, if that's the case, and he does follow the Sam Solomon path, then you do have some some sympathy because uh, he's he's been shortlisted for the Australian Young Australian of the Year as well. We got the West Australian nomination. Uh, it's safe to say that probably won't, won't be, be happening now. now. No, he won't be winning that. Now. Definitely won't be winning it now. No, that B sample probably a month away. We reckon yeah. so. It's going to be a horrible wait for Peter Bowl and his mm. family and his uh, support team. Uh, Australia's uh, best ever 800 meter runner who had. Um, such a groundswell of support behind him, didn't he? Um, right, we'll take a break uh, here on Summer Brekkie. The weather update, Powercore Network upgrades in Ballarat this month. Uh, 18 degrees, headed for a top of 26. Actually, before we do, Steve's called in from Buller on the taxis, which uh, a lot of people have found issue with uh, in and around the, the tennis during this Australian Open. Welcome, Steve.
6: Good morning, gents. Uh, look, it's not, not so much for the
2: tennis, but I live near the right near the airport, Melbourne Airport. So when you come off of a
6: plane, you oh. can get a taxi... I, and they look at you like you have got the plague, um, and we say we, we say to them, "Look, we'll make, we'll make it work." And they do, And we'll make it work your while, and then and then I've had the I've had one bloke go, the bloke running the taxis goes, "Look, if you if you take him home, I've got your number. You can come back to the start of the rank." And then we, we normally give him a bit of a tip anyway, because I understand. Some yeah. So he's drivers up the road, but like yeah, you know, when you get off the plane, I've been once I got off the plane and had all the kids and everything. And they wouldn't come near us.
2: <laughs> so how how far away from the airport would you be, Steve, in the car? How long? In the
3: car, it was- about five. Five Four minutes. God, oh, because those, ta-
2: those taxi drivers at the airport, they've been waiting in the rank, in their, oh, waiting their law, yeah. in their turn for three yeah. hours. Yeah, And they'll look around,
3: they'll see 400 cabs behind them waiting, they'll have to go back at the end of that queue. So they're thinking to Steve, you know, any danger of, you know, like something? Jeez, they wanted, <laughs> they, wanted they wanted them a rabbit.
2: They want him a rabbit, not a buller. <laughs>
3: no, quite right, yeah.
2: I want to go to Bo Morris. Uh,
3: buller, buller, Mount Buller.
2: <laughs> good on you, Steve. Oh, I pre- good, appreciate your it, and I'll sympathize with you too because that's a, that's a horrible thing that you're just gonna have to a conversation you have to keep It's acting.
3: one roundabout away um, Buller Jeez. one roundabout
2: right no, We'll take a break <laughs> uh, back on summer Brey right after this.
1: The Kogan money credit card a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer breakfast.
2: Welcome back. Off the text. Uh, Let's not go easy on Peter Bowl because he's Australian. He stooged us all. We all watched with great pride and it was all a myth. Uh, Thought for the day, says another. Why is drug testing only flawed when someone returns a positive sample? In fact, that's from Beatles. So that's a snapshot of the feedback we're getting this morning. And you can't blame people because history is littered with with this sort of scenario, I'm, I'm going to wait. a very good point. Yeah, I'm going to wait until the B only sample. only flawed when you yeah. get a positive? I'm going to wait until the B sample, though, comes through before I um just wait for the proper process to be followed and hope for the best. Before not you just, come out swinging. Yeah, well, not just as an Australian, but just for a sports lover. We don't like having our illusions or our, our um you know, we don't like having our, our feelings and our illusions and our, our and whatever else shattered by... The cold hard reality at times that elite sportsmen and women are willing to, to cheat and risk it all. I think the reaction has all. been
3: far less than what I thought it would be. I think it's so, just so I think, shock, isn't it? Oh, I'm shocked. You know, I think people are just sort of, oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, they think it's puff. Par- you know, and the, that's The sad old in days itself. of we're all clean here, you know, they're, they're gone. That's sad in itself, yeah, isn't it? That's sad. In itself. Our sporting public. They half expect these things to happen. Can we talk North Melbourne dual Capes out of the break? To. We can talk whatever you want. Mate. You've First You've had a time. tough few days, you've been on the bike, you've been out there amongst the elements. Let's do what you want.
2: We'll do it after this.
1: The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast.
2: Welcome back. This is Summer Breakfast. Sam Edmund and Simon O'Donnell with you. And on the McCafe menu today, our official coffee partner Corey McKerner will join us a little bit later on to discuss North Melbourne's foray into dual captaincy, which we'll break down shortly. Mark Woodford, SEN tennis expert Craig Tiley, the boss of the whole thing at the Australian Open, is going to join us as well. BP will give us a comprehensive wrap of the events of last night, yesterday, and cast forward to today. Questions that notice and last fan standing today in the all new time. Well, 15 minutes from now, 20 past seven. Different time, same prize, all thanks to Maccas. Uh, Just before we rip into North Melbourne, uh, Gaz has called in uh, over in Perth. Uh, Gary, welcome to you.
5: G'day, mate. How you going? We're well. Well, I've listened to you through summer. Um, Kept me uh, from falling asleep on the drive into work. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but uh, I used to be a horse trainer back in the day, inside the 2000, but my father before me was a pretty prominent uh, trainer of trotters over here. Uh, He used to be on the old uh, Channel 7 World of Sport and on 6 pr radio as a tip show and all that sort of thing. Anyway, he had a little horse called Mount Dillon who returned a positive swab to uh, a B1 uh, Simon, uh, extremely high levels of Simon in the system, and they stood him down for two years. But what he said was... um, take the horse to the University, of uh, Medical University, you can take the food diary, and you test him every week and see what levels you get, which they did for four to six weeks, and he returned the same levels every week they tested him. So he was um, uh, exonerated. Uh, the problem with that was that when he was first accused of it, the back page of the West Australian, here, the major daily newspaper, was a full banner headline and the whole page plus after page on the inside recounting what what he'd done in his life and then how this had blown up. Uh, but when he was exonerated, it was six pages in one paragraph. Mm. So of course he lost his he lost his jobs on Channel Seven and Six PR uh, because you know obviously people don't want to be associated with drug drug cheap. But Dad trained for over 35 years and me the same, and not one positive swab except for this little fiasco. And it was just that horse had high levels, but the level that was above was as, was as much as one slice of toast with Vegemite on it had the same amount of diamond, and that's what he was accused of. So I don't know about young Bob. He could have or, or could not have. Uh, induced himself to uh, have extra EPO in his system. But, you know, I like to judge them once all the facts are in because um, I know having gone through it with my dad and the chaos that caused our lives, uh, you know, from something as so innocent as a, a badly recorded test,
2: Good on you, Gary. Appreciate you sharing that experience with us uh, this morning. Just a little bit of uh, context and, look, vastly different scenarios, of course, and situations. But um, uh, I guess Gary there sort of urging people just to just keep your powder dry for the moment yeah. till the proper process. I, I right think cool. a,
3: couple, a couple of things come out of that. And it's good that in, in the end Gary's um, dad came up on the right side of it all. Um, first thing being um, that, you know, the news breaking is always bigger than the news landing and that that's just a fact of life. We, we like reading about the salacious stuff and then when it's all over, oh, it's okay. All right, yeah, that that's all okay. But you've moved on to the next thing and the next thing. So mm. the damage is sort of... Done. Already done.
2: Some mud will, would stick, even if Peter Boley's exonerated. Correct. Quite, right. Quite but we, right. But geez, he'd take it though. At this point, you would take it. Mm. So a text came through. Uh, morning, boys. Beautiful morning at and Beach. Geez, half your luck there, Pete. Oh. Uh, what does it take so long to get results for the drug test? Sample taken October 22. In fact, I think it was October 11 that he was tested. January 10, he was informed. When he, the testers arrived at his home, he's he's got an apartment in Burnley, only a couple of drop punts from us here, and he's thinking, oh, but blood or urine? What, what what? What are we doing today? And they said, no, we're not actually here to test, and just dumped a whole heap of paperwork on him and said, you've tested positive, mm. returned a positive test, for EPO. So, and and such such was the shock that he says that uh, that that he felt at that time. So uh, things these things just take time. I don't know why that is, but in this game, nothing ever happens in a hurry, does it? We're forever waiting for the B sample then the process to. To go through it all, the appeals everything game slower. What's that?
3: Where Gary's come from. Anything to do with an animal. Like thoroughbreds oh, and yeah. trotters. It takes forever. Forever.
2: North Melbourne, they named Jai Simkin and Luke McDonald at the weekend as cow captains replacing the outgoing skipper Jack Zeeble. Now, the Kangaroo's are one of a number of clubs looking for new captains at the moment, and there might be some more to, to go down that path as well. But it is the first time in North Melbourne's history that they've opted for for dual captains, So Richmond are doing it at the moment. Uh, Sydney are doing it at the moment. GWS have three. There aren't many around at the moment, but uh, Simpkin and McDonald, it was a a player vote, uh, Scoob, and they were voted in by not only their teammates, but also their coaches. Now, reading Todd Viney's quotes over the weekend, the leadership vote, he said, was values-based with a focus on who best represented our Shinbone spirit, he said. And he said those two simply couldn't be split in terms of the influence they've had on the playing group and the club as two of our key leaders. So, you know, football ability mm. and, and their place in the side was obviously important for those two. That's not in any danger of, you know, fading anytime soon. But it really did appear as though it was more who embodies the spirit of the club, everything off the field, um, to, to get the, the, the captaincy announcement and nomination. So they've gone with, uh, with two captains down there at the Kangaroos. I was a bit surprised, to be honest. Yeah, I thought they'd go
3: with one. I, I go with one. And, and I think
2: Clarko's history is one. Yeah, well, that's what we were discussing his history with captaincy choices at, mm. uh, at Hawthorne last week, weren't we? Um, and I don't think ever as, as dual captaincy entered the equation there. But um, that's the way they've gone about it at, at North Melbourne. This was the moment that uh, Jai Simpkin and Luke McDonald got up in front of their teammates after being named co-captains down at Arden Street.
1: Yeah thanks Toddy, um, well, it's an absolute honour to be standing up here boys,
2: um, I know it's like a boyhood dream you think of these things when you're a little kid so um, to be standing
1: here today as captain of this footy club um, I can be more grateful so thank you to everyone but like, nothing's going to change from mine I'm going to keep doing what I do along with Al Mac and keep supporting you boys and lead this club back to where it belongs. So thank you.
2: Like, Thanks lads, um, yeah just like the biggest honour I could ever imagine. Um I've gone for North my entire life. All I ever wanted to do was, was play a game for this club and to think that I'm I now am captain alongside Jai one of my best mates. Uh, couldn't be prouder and uh, more excited at uh, the journey we have ahead. So, yeah, buckle up, boys. It's going to be an exciting few months and exciting few years. So, let's get into it. So, tomorrow we'll speak to either Jai or Luke uh, on the honour of being named co-captain at North Melbourne. Really looking forward to that today. Corey McKernan, I mean, a man who played at North Melbourne under one captain and a dominant captain at that, a big figure in that club's history. So we'll get his take on it on the other side. Just so many clubs looking for captains at the moment. Mm. Collingwood, uh, Adelaide, uh, Brisbane, maybe, uh, Essendon. I wonder what Fremantle are going to do. Will GWS restructure, uh, given the change of coach Geelong still haven't named their replacement for Joel Selwood either. Uh, there's Hawthorne, um, and the list goes on and on and on. So, um, a lot of change at the top for clubs uh, over the summer months. Um, last fan standing. Speaking of change, there's a time change, but nothing else changes. So today's quiz is up next. Have you, prime you've had a, time. you've it's had a look. Gone into prime time. You've had a look. Oh, at the really? Questions.
3: Winnable today? Really winnable? You it's know, gettable. As a local,
2: touch about it. Okay. Geez, you're in danger of giving a theme away there. Don't do that. One three hundred seven three six seven three six now. Is the time because uh, we're going to play uh, last fan standing. Uh, a theme That wasn't a theme. You, we're close to giving away a theme. You that said was it was local flavour. So degree of difficulty out of 10, by the way, which I like to ask you. 6.5 to 7. Oh, very gettable. So if you're first in today, you might be a chance of batting through. We haven't had someone hold their, carry their bat through the 11 questions. Today might be the day. Last fan standing on the other side. Right here on SEM Breakfast, of course. I'm just checking some of the factual matter. Okay, well, make sure you do that. You've been impeccable, and so has Brooksy so far. Uh, Matty for his cameo. We're here for the Kogan Money Credit Card,
1: packed full of value. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast.
4: I'm still
2: Last fan standing, thanks to Mackers. Oh, here we go. Here oh. we go. Now, you know the drill now. You want to be crowned yep. last fan standing, thanks to Mackers, on any day between now and January 30 when it all goes on the line for the grand final quiz. I wonder what that quiz is going to be like. Difficulty rating. That would get you to India. This is an enormous prize. Thanks to our friends at McDonald's. Now, you reckon it's very, very gettable today.
3: I think it's gettable.
2: Yeah, this think is it's a gettable. absolute road of a pitch to battle. Yeah,
3: but time will tell. And, Will, you're the first one to tell. William Tell from Maribyrnong. G'day, Will. Shocking. Morning, boys. Will, which team has secured top spot on the BBL ladder this year? Scorchers. Scorchers, that's quite right. Good start. Will, which team is currently on the bottom of the BBL ladder? Stars, right? Yeah, it is stars. You think right. Which player has scored the most runs so far this season? This is multiple choice. Aaron Hardy, Aaron Finch or Matt Short? Matt Short. Matt Short, quite right, Will. He knows his stuff. Multiple choice again, Will. Which player has taken the most wickets this BBL season? Sean Abbott, Andrew Ty, or Tom Rogers.
0: Tom Rogers. Got
3: yeah! Wilba, a bit overconfident, I reckon. Will there a touch? Daniel joins us from Dramana. Keep your thinking hat on, Daniel. Here, which player has taken the most wickets this season? Abbott, Ty, and it's not Rogers.
5: Uh, we we'll go Ty.
3: Ty, well done. Good stuff, Daniel. How many wickets has Andrew Ty taken so far this season? Uh, it's in the twenties. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Luke joins us from Geelong. Good day, Luke. You there, Luke? No, Luke. No, Luke's gone. You snooze you lose. Chris from Point Cook. Oh, Good day, Chris.
2: Christopher's back.
3: You there, Good Chris? morning,
2: fellas. How are
3: you guys? Good. Chris, Andrew Ty is the uh, top wicket-taker in the BBL this season. How many wickets has he got? Uh, I saw it last night. I think it was 24. Well done, 24. Quite right, Chris. Multiple choice here, Chris. How many centuries has Steve Smith made in this year's Big Bass season? One, two, or three? Two. Two. Question seven. Who was the Renegades player Adam Zamper attempted to man-cat at the start of this year? have got three choices. Sean Marsh, Sam Harper or Tom Rogers? Uh, Tom Rogers. Tom Rogers, Chris. Well done. Could this be the morning? Chris, how many uh, 50s has Cam Bancroft made this season? Four, five or six? <sighs> Four, five, or six. Uh, going for a stab. Get your Bill Laurie ready. I'm going
0: to go with five. Oh. Oh.
3: <laughs> Three to go. Which Brisbane Heat player caused controversy for a catch he took? We ended up outside the rope, but jumped to throw the ball back into play before completing the catch.
0: Are you going to roll out some options there, Scoob? Or?
6: Brisbane? No, I'm not
2: mm. going to. I'm this not was a to. big, big talking point at the time. To be fair, it was way out of the field of play.
6: Yeah, I do recall the catch. I just can't recall the player. Oh well, have a dash.
2: Stab at it.
0: Nah, no, I've I've gone blank. All right, Chris. Thank you,
3: thank you, Chris. We'll um, speak to you again soon. Peter joins us from St Andrews Beach. G'day, Peter. Who was the Did Brisbane Heat outside? player that took that controversial catch uh, outside the rope, threw it up in the air, back into play, all that sort of stuff?
1: NFI.
3: <laughs> gotcha. Thank yeah! you. Thank you, <laughs> Daniel Georges from Good G'day, Daniel. Good morning. <laughs> morning, boys. <laughs> Daniel, that uh, Brisbane Heat player that took the controversial catch, uh, jumped up outside the rope, threw it back into the field of play, who was that? Michael Nessa Michael Nessa exactly Question 10 Now to the nearest meter how far did Bo Webster's 6 travel against the Hurricanes 100 meters 102 meters or 106 meters 106 Aaron joins us from Sky Good day Aaron Hey mate Bo Webster's 6 at the MCG against the Hurricanes yeah. Did it go 100 metres or 102 metres? Oh,
0: I'll say 102.
3: Well done. 102 is correct. Last question, Aaron. Name the two sides that haven't won a BBL title. The two teams that haven't won a BBL title. Haven't won. It's two of them. I haven't won. Uh, oh, I'll
5: say the... Melbourne
3: Stars? That's one of them. Who um, have not won a title? Uh, oh. Quick. The Brisbane Heat. No, not the Yay! Brisbane Heat. Matt joins us in Greenvale. Uh, lot on this, Matt. We already know one side that hasn't won a BBL title, that's the Melbourne Stars. Who's the other?
1: Go the Hurricanes.
2: Go the Hurricanes, Matt. it. You're in it. to so win it. Another Bradbury. It's amazing how many times it comes to pass. And the last or second last question someone scoops in. Maddie, well done to you. You've been shortlisted. You're into the grand final on January 30 for the ultimate last fan standing, all thanks to Maccas, the flights, the premium five-star accommodation, all the corporate hospitality, 1000 bucks spending money as well for the second test in Delhi, Australia. And India cannot wait for that. There'll be another chance to win across the day uh, with the pipe. And again, tomorrow with us, it's last fan standing, all thanks to McDonald's. Uh, well done to you, Maddie. Commiserations to Chris, boy, cook, cook. poor bugger fell short again. And uh, everyone else who took part uh, this morning. Uh, actually, just while that was happening um, on the subject of the BBL, uh, Robin Inverloch texted in as well, Scuba, shout out to the Renegades this season. They may not be the best team in it, but they are a fighting unit that give themselves a chance. Nice turnaround after the past few seasons where they've been just rooted to the bottom of the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have shown some fighting yep. spirit this My year, word. haven't they? And had their moments too. So you never know in, in, in the big bash in the T20 format. Throw your right. hat in the ring come the pointy end of the season. Just a stroke oh, of fortune. They need little Sammy Harper to catch fire again. Don't don't be intimidated by the Scorchers and the sixes
3: sitting up there and thinking they've got the plum spots. That's right. They're there to be knocked over, Sam. That's
2: exactly that's what right. we're here for. We we're,
3: we're here to hey. win silverware. We're not here to be everyone's best mate.
2: Now the last ad. We broke, want silverware, Sam. Sorry, I reckon at about quarter to seven, Brooksy said, "I've got another hot air balloon sighting, a oh. uh, sighting outside." Yeah. And the last time he said that, it crashed. Crash landed, safely. Um, so when we saw this one and it was looking like it was coming in a little bit low, it had uh, a branding of another radio station, uh, looking quite low, uh, red and white. We thought we'll, we'll keep an eye on this a- one, an FM one. And then it got an FM one. Then it got lower many again because I don't think this isn't a natural flight path here at all. We SM, have all the listeners where we see them coming in low, we worry. <laughs> and lo and behold, a text has come in from Michael. Boys, another hot air balloon crash landing in the tram track. In Middle Park next to MSAC. Goodness me. I hope, in all seriousness, I hope that has a uh, doesn't have some sort of serious connotations attached to it. But uh, crash landing next to MSAC on the tram tracks at Middle Park. Uh, latest in our hot air balloon diaries, if you like, Scoob, which have been, um, well, fuller than we would have liked. Well, we're in a good spot to capture the activity
3: of the balloons, aren't they? I think they this is a thing. They take off sort of over near the beach there and they generally don't even make it to
2: us. If we see them coming in there over Middle Park, sort of where we are here on the fringes of South Bank and um, South Melbourne, then we know that there's going to be trouble. Um, you wouldn't get him one for quids, would you? You would not get anyone for quids. Hey, a big thanks also to Keith from Burwood, who obviously knows his Hawks really well, and he's absolutely correct. Forgot to mention this. We we're talking about history of Alistair Clarkson's Captain. choices of captains. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, Sam Mitchell, Luke Hodge were recommended to the board as dual captains when Clarkson was coached. That's how it initially started uh, in the lead up to the 2008 season. Now, the players voted for it. Uh, some of the coaches voted for it. But Jeff Kennett's board vetoed the co-captains. And you remember the now famous quote, he said that he believes you can only have one captain of the ship. So that was Jeff Kennett's philosophy, his mandate at the time. Um, And you're absolutely right, Keith. Appreciate you texting in. So um, only one captain of the ship. Clarkson wasn't phased. They went with one captain and that was that. So there you go. Okay. So, obviously, the North Melbourne board um, has approved the dual captaincy model at North Melbourne. It will be Josh Simpkin, Luke McDonald, and we'll have a chat to one of those boys uh, at this time tomorrow. Do you think Clark will be ringing Jeff, going, nada, nada, nada. <laughs> No, nah, nah, no. No, I don't think those two would be speaking a heck of a lot, uh, to be honest, at the moment. Just a guess, um, given everything that has gone on. Um, Get involved on the Temper 40 Winks text. You can get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, they are serious about sleep. Uh, Scoob, we've got a lot of tennis to get through today and I know you are enjoying the Australian Open. We've got Mark Woodford, uh, SEN's very own, of course. Um, We might get Mark's take On Alex Dimonor and his uh, uh, upcoming match against Novak Djokovic. That is highly anticipated. Craig Tiley will cast the net wide with him, the Australian Open boss. There's a lot to get to Craig about. BP will run the rule over last night and preview today as well. SEN tennis commentator. And we've still got some questions of that notice to come. And Corey McKernan as well on North Melbourne's captaincy. One of the good guys. Cincinnati
3: 14, Buffalo 0 in the snow.
2: Have a look at that for a side. Unbelievable. Packed Uh,
3: house, snow.
2: You. You pay your hard earned to go and watch them, and that they are they are serious fans, aren't they? Because that is seriously cold oh. over there. Uh, getting to the pointy end of the NFL season, of course, uh, isn't it? Righto. We'll take uh, a break for the news headlines. Anna Pavlou has got those shortly, Scoob, and uh, plenty more to get through on uh, Summer Breakfast. Going to be a, a busy. fly-blown. You reckon he would be by now? A busy not. There's a man who. There's another man who doesn't sleep down there, and it's Craig Tiley, famously, who doesn't sleep. I think he did. Uh, in his native for South Africa, reasons. for different reasons, but he did um, military training, um, conscription in in South Africa, and they reckon it's part of that that old training comes back into into CT. What are you talking about? Well, he doesn't sleep during the tennis, and they well, reckon for it's two weeks barely. Oh, gotta have sleep. Like a couple hours, a, a couple of hours a of night. I reckon. That's Stop it, it. Maximum. You're saying he thinks he's in the jungle at war. It's become the stuff of legend, apparently. Let's get. Can't new... be so. That can't be so. Doesn't not doesn't sleep. Sleeps minimally. Well, you said right.
3: doesn't sleep.
2: <laughs> By comparison to what you're snoring away at catching flies up there in Kilmore, getting you ten hours a night. Oh, oh,
3: hang on, I'll take the spuds back in a minute. <laughs> hope you start, don't be calling me a peanut and Nick, not naming me things this morning. Wouldn't or the it, bag goes straight back up the highway.
2: Wouldn't put it past you taking them back. To be honest, <laughs> uh, we'll get to the newsroom without a power Be back in a moment. Welcome back. Summer Brecky Sam Edmund, Simon O'Donnell with you. And we're with you for the Koga Money credit card as well. He's packed full of value. BP's coming up shortly. Really want to talk to him about Stefanos Sitsapas and his performance last night, which you threw the towel in on. You didn't think uh, that was going to go the journey. and uh, I didn't throw it in on Sitsapas. No, I thought he you, was... you thought Yannick wasn't going to come to the party. Yeah. And then he did. spectacularly. Well, well, the sinner was... What was this about getting Sind. rid of his? What was he? What was he doing? Ordering people out or away? No, or no, was...
3: he got rid of his whole team: physio, coach, mentor, when did he do advisor, that? Advisor, psych. Not long ago, right. right? In the lead up to the rollout, because they 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 put up two shots on the telly there last night. One of them was last year's team, right, they were cheering for him, and this year's team. There wasn't a face left. He got rid of the lot.
2: We well, had a pretty good run though, didn't he? Don't you reckon? He had a pretty good run. He's only twenty-one. Novak Djokovic. Tonight I've never against... seen a
3: six-foot-five or six red-headed Italian. Have you? Uh,
2: no, they exist. They exist. It's quite. They exist. Well, obviously they exist. No, but they're around. And not... one of them. I reckon there'd be a few few soccer players with that sort of makeup. I want to say, ring a bell. Uh, so Novak tonight against the demon. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be watching that one. Our man chances. Is Novak – is the hammy really going to go or what's the go with this hamstring? Jeez, it's had more coverage it's than the tennis. Too bad so far. It's holding up all right, isn't it? Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, watch the up hamstring's one. holding
3: up. I'm not sure the demon's going to worry Novak, is he? Dunno. I don't know. i want to I, like I want to, to go into yes. the match. I will be going into the
2: match cheering for the demon. Had a good lead in, been in some really good form. Um, so he's. I hope he's going to ask some serious questions of uh, Novak Djokovic, who remains remains the front runner, doesn't he, and the bar setter. Um, Alexei Popram was interesting. Yeah, there's. There, what about the letdown after him? You can understand it though. I
3: certainly can, and that was Especially, what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. It, often, and the old. I learnt from an old horse trainer, when you see a horse run out of its skin, ninety nine times out of hundred won't do it its next run because it's 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 used. Everything up. It
2: was such a high,
3: and I reckon he he was same thing when he when he beat um, the the American Smith was it? it who was, was the uh, American he beat? Fritz. Who did he rolled Taylor Fritz. Fritz. He, he rolled he Taylor Fritz. Fritz. The eighth seed. I, I reckon he was so up that it, it was hard to then get up again. He thought he was up, but he wasn't up because that that was a he was unseeded. Then the bloke that beat him.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, well, because he beat the eighth seed, the draw opened up. Mm for Popper and he was going to get the easy matches that Taylor Fritz was going to get easy mm. quote unquote but I did say to the guys over in Adelaide I said what's the bet there's a big letdown after this and yeah. well, you can understand it it was such a high it was almost like dreams come true yeah. sort of stuff we saw how emotional he was and he did say all the right things I'm going to go back I'm going to do everything I did last time, I'm going to prepare but geez, you ride a tsunami of emotions yeah and it's just down. one of those things he's
3: got to learn now that, that everything stays at a level even though he has a win like that you've got to you, you you must just stay at an emotional level that
2: like a robot. It, it,
3: it, that's expected. It's yeah. just part of what you do is is beating those good and players. And once he once he gets that into his system, comes you know, with that, time. The ups and downs won't happen. And, it's no different to any other sport. You know, your your best and worst has to be really close together. Yep. That's that's suddenly is when you start getting that, that successful tag around
2: you. I noticed Novak Djokovic has come in behind Andy Murray as well in regards to the to the late night matches, that the, well, the early morning match finishes that that we've been getting at the Australian Open. Rarely, it must be said, but um when you do see a four oh five AM finish, it will make headlines for some time. Um There's been some other uh, early morning finishes as well. So we'll we'll speak to Craig Tiley about that. Just with Novak due to play the Demon tonight, you do hope that it's not going to be repeated again and the day sessions don't bleed into the night. And then we have a five-setter and then next thing you know, we're well, well and truly past uh, midnight. You can see the first ever Australian paddle open at AO 2023 as well. That's the newest racket sport with the -the off-the-wall energy. And if you're keen on playing tennis after watching it, hire a tennis score at play.tennis.com. It's tennis court hire, no membership, no worries.
1: The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast.
2: So many talking points and narratives forming uh, and have formed during the Australian Open. It's hard to know where to start. I feel so the same time uh, thing every time we speak to uh, this man, but great to have him on the line. Plenty to talk about with Brett Phillips, our SEN tennis guru, all thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. BP, top of the morning to you. Uh, good
6: morning, gents. Uh, one week down and, yeah, big second week to come.
2: Oh, well, before we review, maybe let's do a little bit of previewing because uh, as far as uh, we're concerned, we're invested uh, in the Demon and uh, Demonor up against the Joker tonight. Really looking forward to it. The Joker will talk about the hamstring, but his credentials um, need no further explanation. And we're really liking the form of uh, Demonor in the lead-in and what he's offered so far, BP. How do you assess yep. it?
6: Yeah, well, we do. We do, absolutely. I reckon the conversation around the uh, the office, you know, the drip tray today, uh, Sam, would be, gee, we'd love him to win tonight. Uh, do we genuinely believe he can win hand on heart? Well, you know, it feels like a, it's a huge uh, mountain for Alex to climb, and this is where, you know, he's trying to get to, you know, taking one of the big guys down, being able to get to, you know, a regular quarterfinal in a slam rather than just being that third, fourth-round guy. Look, the hard thing to tell... Is with Djokovic. Depending who you talk to at Melbourne Park, uh, Sam, you'll talk to someone and they'll say, "No, nah, he's impeded. He's not. He's not uh, totally right." You'll ask the next person and they just scoff and they say, "Come on, mm. he's done this before. Feigning injury, bit of drama out on the court. He shows all this emotion. Uh, is he trying to put off his opponent? I mean, we just don't know the extent fully of that hamstring. We're watching carefully. We're in the bunker. We've got a bird's eye view. We watch every point. You know, stretching to the forehand or backhand and. You know, he's, he's pulling up a little bit lame at times, but he's still here. And he's the formidable force in the draw, isn't he? I mean, you know, if he, if he's at his best, you know, who stops him in the next week? Because he's owned this title. Uh, but Alex, look, if um, if he can get some free points, get through his service games, get some free points, but just take the, take the game on. I mean, Alex loves getting forward. He's always trying to get inside the court. Djokovic is the absolute pro in pushing you back because he hits with so much depth and he just dominates those baseline rallies, but I think Alex has got to take a lot of risk and hopefully get some reward, and, and, and look, who knows? Who knows what could happen? But Djokovic clearly, you know, starts as the favourite. Yeah,
3: uh, he certainly does, uh, BP, and I'm with you a little bit. I keep thinking every time he's been asked and challenged in this tournament so far, mm. hamstring or not, he responds, and you think, yeah. I'm not sure there's anything wrong here.
6: Yeah, well, that's the thing, So we don't... We just we don't totally know, and obviously every uh, sports person plays with you know, different pain barrier and what they can handle. I mean, he's built himself into an incredible athlete, um, you know, through just um, you know fine preparation, dotting every i, crossing every t, from you know what he puts into his body, how he trains, and yeah, I mean, he's you know it's, it's been rare for him to get any sort of soft tissue injuries or have a, sort of any leading issues to tournaments. So we just don't. Totally no, but he wants to win this title, and you know the day off between matches certainly helps for him to recuperate as as best he can. And yeah, we'll see uh, see how it all looks aesthetically tonight.
3: There always seems to be a um, with the better players, you know. There, there's part of their game that's just sensational. Djokovic's people turn to talk about his return of serve. You know that that hmm. just keeping that ball in play and and not only in play but you know deep and and hard to return. You know is is, is a real ace in his pack. Does Alex Demon have that ace in his pack yet in his tennis, whether that be through strength or experience? Are, are we going to see something in his game that someone says, oh, it's his serve or it's his return or it's his backhand cross court? Is, is there is there something that can, uh, sure. I suppose, make a difference for him to be a third round player to a semi-final or a Grand Slam winner?
6: Well, the serve there's definitely more pop on the serve um, for or Whether you're serving an ace or whether you're just hitting your spots, it's not so much not so much how many aces you serve, but hitting your spots. And that doesn't mean your serve has to be at 200 plus kilometres an hour either. I mean, the best players, you know, vary their serve. Um, they'll, they'll throw in the kick serve. You know, it might only be 180 k's, but they put it into an area of the service box that is just almost impossible to retrieve. Or you know, if you do get a racket on it, you're not getting a great response back into play. So that's that's more the key um, for Alex. So I think he's he's definitely got more pop on his servers. He's got a little bit more physically stronger. Uh, look, I think he's, his ability to um, push his opponent around the court and take the ball early is his biggest asset. And, you know, I think that's always sort of been part of his DNA, but he knows... So he plays with such fine margin because he knows he can't afford to drop anything short against these very good players because they just, they just pick you off. Um, so, but you know, that, that's where errors can come as well because you've been forced uh, against these good players who uh, force you to come up with a really, really good shot. So it's, it's, it's all little fine margin stuff, you know, with Alex. He'll, He'll be, never die wondering.
2: No, he won't. And the events of yesterday, BP. I love the Sebastian, the Seb Quarter story. You know, twenty-five years after the old man won here, he's through to a, a quarter final. Uh, seven, uh, six, in the fifth. Ten, seven in the tiebreaker against Hercats.
6: Yeah, oh, it's hard not to like this young guy. Uh, brilliant to listen to. He's got a got a big game that I think is still a work in progress. I mean, he plays Hercats yesterday, who's ten in the world. Uh, Seb came in as twenty-nine. So, there's not that much of a gap between them, but he's trying to get to where you know, her catch has been the last couple of years, and that's top 10. He's, um, he's a pretty chilled uh, quarter. Nothing seems to phase him too much. He keeps the same demeanour, uh, but as he said in the interview with Jim Curry, I'll, I'll let it all out in the shower uh, after the game. I don't know if he needs to get too excited because the man coaching him, uh, Radek Stepanek, the former world number eight, who the cameras are on the whole game, and Radek's showing all the emotion. um, And I thought he was going to get the worm out at one stage yesterday, which was his trademark uh, back in the day. But uh, Radek used to be a great volleyer. And that's what they're trying to do with Korda now, saying you've got this big wingspan, get in. You've got to be the all-court player, which, you know, Sitsi passes... Uh, become, he's been the leader of that next-gen pack as that all-court player, and if you can get in and uh, get to the net and close out points, you've got a big advantage, so yeah, at uh, quarter, gee, that's, a, that's a really good quarter-final that I think's got some distance in that match as well.
2: Yeah, and in the women, Igas Fiontek, she's gone, uh, women's top seed, uh, of course, bundled out by Elena Rybakina, the, the Wimbledon champ who was, I don't know if she's using court 13 early on as a bit of fuel BP, but she's firing.
6: Yeah, well, we saw it at Wimbledon last year when she's on and she's got one of the best serves in women's tennis and she's lethal off the ground if she finds her range and she's almost impossible to play when everything works perfectly and Shviontek just couldn't dictate. She loves to step in and direct the ball to all corners, but yeah, I mean, she's only going to be a little bit off eager, even though she's clear in terms of rankings points, the margins are small. Ostapenko Penko beats Coco Goff, so we don't get the quarter final we wanted, Sam, but uh, Jessica Pegula is the one to watch in this second week. I think we've all learned the Jessica Pegula story. She's the highest seed left, never been past the quarters of a major. She's striking the ball as, as good as I've ever seen her. She's definitely um, got more firepower in her game, and she's got the look, too, that I want to win one of these Grand Slam titles. So, yeah, her, Sabalinka Garcia, they're the, the top three left, and it's hard to split them.
3: Uh, Pass was fantastic last night. Mm. Uh, won those first two sets and then Sinner came right back at him. What Wonderful game of tennis. Unfortunately, I left after two sets. Brett, yeah. because I thought, oh, yeah. you know, I think uh, he'll, he'll just be, he's just, you know, too strong and, and too consistent here, Sitsipas. But he, he turned it on his ear, Sinner, and uh, gave himself a great chance of uh, progressing, not quite getting there. Yeah, if you think
6: back to the corresponding match the year before in the quarterfinal where Sitsi Pass blew Sinner away, it was a little bit of redemption. When he was two sets down, I, st- I still think we thought, gee, Sinner could, um, could sort of reverse the scoreboard here. And he, look, certainly in those first two sets, Simon, mean, he kept going to the, the forehand of Sitsi Pass far too often. And that's where all the winners were coming off. And this is, I think, the value now, the coaching Court side and you could clearly tell Darren Co. just pepper his backhand a little bit more, and that's where in that third and fourth sets the errors were coming off the backhand, which he is he, he, a single hand. He doesn't always have as much control and get over the top of that backhand. But then since he Pass, yeah, when the whips were cracking in the fifth set, you know, game of momentum shifts. He he just had the edge over Yannick. So Yannick's trying to get to where Sitsi Pass is, and yeah, as we see, five sets, the margins are. Yeah, they're pretty close.
2: And uh, BP, Scoob was uh, a bit taken by Yannick Sinner's appearance, you know, um, especially after watching Berrettini earlier. You know, the red hair, he he, he couldn't believe he was Italian. In fact, Chris in Bateman's yeah. base text in to say, I said exactly the same thing to my missus while watching the tennis last night, Simon. And a quick Google search tells us that only 0.57% of Italians have red hair. So, yep, it's very rare. There's a bit of yeah. trivia for you, BP.
6: No, absolutely. Well, he's right up in the north, where they're a little bit more fair than the south of uh, Italy. And he's right near. I think he's from a town right near the Austrian uh, border. They so could have been a skier, as we know. And he speaks, um, I think, fluent German as well. So yes, when you're you not, first look at him, you don't you don't pick the Italian. That's for sure. You're
3: not, you're not uh, suggesting a Austrian skier sort of cross the boundary, are you? Across the border.
6: <laughs> Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh,
2: we'll dig a bit deeper, Simon, this week. BP, <laughs> great to have you on, mate. Uh, you're doing a fantastic job and, and so much to, still to look forward to in this second week. I look forward to our chat tomorrow.
6: Indeed, Demon Djokovic, 7 o'clock tonight. I look forward to
2: it. There you go, Brett Phillips, SSE uh, and tennis guru. Demon will get us set. As, yeah. Do you reckon? Yeah. Although, as Matt suggested off the text, every AFL club in the competition at the moment are looking to replicate uh, Djokovic's pills and hot cream remedy for the hamstring given that, you know, got a hammy, just uh, have a couple of pills and uh, get some hot cream on it and uh, next thing you know, Bob's your uncle, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. Go and play on a hard court and play uh, for a few hours. No problems. So 3-2 three, three or 3-1? I'll give the Demon, uh, I think the Demon will take a set. One set. You? Come on, you've got to be a little bit none. I straight. want him to win. Straight. I would like him to win. But, but you, oh, of course, that goes without saying. Bucks,
3: the other bucks are superstars.
2: He's got a hammy though, hasn't he? A real nasty one. Oh, hang on, he's got, got cream and a pill, <laughs> pills and hot cream. A pinnacle of engineering, uh, the Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. They make uh, our chats with BP possible. We'll take a break on summer brekky. Back up. I love chatting with BP.
1: The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer breakfast.
2: Hey, Scoot, you got some good cattle dogs up there on the the ranch, haven't you? No, uh, well, yeah, we've got a couple of kelpies. Kelpies. One of them's useless. Was one of them just run all day though? Yeah, they both of them run all day. Right, but, yeah, but can't set the can't get enough out. exercise. Can't tire them. No, nope. well, that's exactly what the demon needs to do to Novak tonight, if the Hammy really is Dicky. Make him run like a Kelpie. Back, fall, back, fall, back, yeah. fall. But the, the other thing is, what if he makes the demon run like a Kelpie? <laughs> yeah, well, there's every chance that could happen as well. But at least the demon is fully fit. And I don't know, listening to BP, but I thought demon's quick and he's core coverage is good. Just got to make Novak work it. Ready make the points Henspring long. If
3: he needs an excuse or time, yep. show us
2: the scans
3: I'm giving here. Us the scans. <laughs> show us the scans, Novak.
2: <laughs> well, uh, we might break it down a little bit further with Mark Woodford, uh, of course, who's been there, done that. Woody, tennis expert. Let's the doubles. Get, let's get Woody on to talk about how the Woody's. demon can possibly unseat Novak Djokovic. He was Over a lefty, Woody, wasn't he? Uh, yes, a lefty. he was. On the Temper 40 Wings text, they find the right bed for you. They're serious about sleep. Headlines back after that.
1: The Kogan Money credit card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Well, Mark
2: Woodford is a 12-time doubles champion who made the fourth round of the French Open, Wimbledon, the US Open uh, in singles as well. Semi-final here in uh, Melbourne in 1996. Now, of course, does a brilliant job of analysing the game uh, for us right here at SEN. And we'll have him on the line very, very shortly to preview tonight's match between Joker and uh demonor, I'll tell you what the texts that are coming through saying <laughs> <laughs> Novak is a faker, he doesn't have a hamstring. everyone's convinced that he's uh, just trying it on, but regardless, I wanted to tap into Mark a little bit around you know play the match, not the opponent, because it'd be pretty easy, I would assume to be distracted by everything else the Novak show when he when he when he comes on the court, I think he's taken a medical timeout in. I want to say all of his matches, at least three of his matches, he's mm. taken a time out to to get treatment. And yet he's only dropped one set, I think, in the whole tournament. so
3: He's going along okay. He's and and, and on. it's
2: fine just, to, I think, to say,
3: oh, make Novak move around. Well, you've got to get the opportunity to make Novak move around. Novak is the best player in the world. And he's proven that over and over and over again.
2: Um, even with this hamstring, he hasn't dropped a set. You played a bit of tennis. What would you say? Take the ball early, really f- work him around like yeah, that, like I, those Kelpies got you got back to, up on the property. You've got to be able to do that. <laughs> he's Mark's, he's Mark's, not a Volkswagen. <laughs> and he's,
3: he's a Mercedes-Benz.
2: You know, but, he's,
3: he's a proper player. Yeah, he is
2: a proper player with a big V8 engine underneath as well. Uh, Mark Woodford, 12-time doubles champion. As I mentioned, singles record. Absolutely nothing to be sneezed at either. Does a great job analysing the game for us right here at SEN, and he's on the line with us. G'day, Mark. Thanks for your time,
0: mate. And uh, Good morning, fellas.
2: Hey,
3: Woody, he, would you take it up to Novak? What about a bit of sledging first up or something? Sort of when you go to toss the coin, do something to put him off for five minutes, get an advantage?
0: Uh, I When I when I was coaching uh, Marinko Matosovic and he had to play uh, Rafa Nadal on clay and he was like really panicked about having to play him and I... I said, you know, get, get, you got to, you got to get under, uh, you know, get, get into the kitchen with the rapper. I said, on, on the change of ends, why don't you just walk by and kick his water bottles over? That'll send him in a spin. Uh, Marinko Marenko said that he went ahead and did it, but it was like uh, when he was already down 6-love-4-1. I said, no, not the time to do it. You should have done it in the first game. Yes. Yeah, let's get,
3: <laughs> let's get the motion going straight away. It's silly once yes, yes. they're already set and the train's rolling. You've got to make sure that... Train doesn't roll in the first place. So Yeah, don't, don't let it get out the station. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so Woody, if you are if you are coaching, you know, the demon going into tonight's match, and we were just mentioning before you joined us that for all the concerns and the talk around the hamstring and the medical timeouts that Novak's taken, at the end of the day, he's still only dropped one set. He's hitting the ball well, he's moving well, it can only be described as very well also. I mean, what would your advice be to to, to Alex to potentially unseat Novak tonight?
0: Yeah, look, I I, um, I I rate Alex's chances uh, pretty high. Uh, I, I think Novak is um, fully aware of, of uh, the young Australian's ability, um, and and I think he's got to be prepared for a, a lengthy match. Uh, you know, it it um, over the last couple of matches of Alex, I feel like I've seen you know two different players. Uh, I think it was in the third round, maybe, Uh, he he had to play Adrian uh, Matarino. And it was just a a, a game that didn't suit Alex at all. Um, The last round against Benjamin Bonzi, Alex came out on RLA and was, uh, you know, he had had targets and he had a lot of pace to work with uh, from Bonzi's end of the court. So I think, you know, with Novak, uh, um, you know, probably had laid eyes on him uh, just to track um, you know, the, the form of Alex, and um, look, I, I I just think, you know, Novak's got to be playing at a high level, and that's where, you know, the, the it's really questionable. Will he be able to maintain this, you know, dropping only one set so far? I, I think this is going to be an absolute battle tonight.
3: Mark, talk us through um, taking it up to an opponent,
0: and just from
3: a tactical point of view in a game of tennis. So... Everyone's saying, you know, take it up to Djokovic. How, how do you tactically do that in a game of tennis?
0: Well, well, for, yeah, for, I, I think it's understanding your game. And I mean, uh, you, you know, it's, and it's, it's not that, I guess, uh, it's easier said than done. But, you know, I think Alex, you know, coming out the crowd, he's going to be able to use the crowd uh, as well tonight. Um Novak uh, no doubt will have his supporters there. Um, but I think any time my, – my assumption is, you know, for Novak, if he, uh, on the change of ends, takes too uh, long getting that hamstring, I mean, I would imagine that he's going to have it re-taped uh, like he has done the last uh, couple of matches. Um, and, and, look, he's not doing anything out of uh, – Breaking the rules, but I, I just think that Alex might be able to use the crowd in his favour. Um, uh, but Alex has got to come out, you know, in the first uh, couple of games. If he if he just stays back and plays reactively and allows Novak to control proceedings, I, I think Alex has the better chance if he can come out, you know, and play, go for it very early on, and and try to dominate. Um, just send a signal to Novak. You know, I'm here. You're playing on RLA. This is my court. This is my home uh, home country tournament. Um, you know, and you're, you, you've are you got to be playing at your premium tonight in order to win.
2: Mark, how have you seen the tournament as a whole? I mean, it seems from the outside looking in, there's been no shortage of storylines on the court, off the court. The late-night finishes have been a, a, a raging debate as well as the, the Dunlop balls that they're using. I mean, how have you seen yeah. the tournament as a whole?
0: I mean, I think this is this is what happens in a in a Grand Slam, um, and and certainly with the Australian Open. Given that you know it's it's location in the calendar, you know the first uh, major tournament uh, of the season, the players are, are somewhat fresh. Um, you know, everyone is is uh, ecstatic to be down here, but we still have these uh, the issues that that crop up. But the beauty of a Grand Slam you can lose a, a lot of your, uh, many of your marquee names, but there's always other storylines mm. that are evolving. And I think because of the, the position early in the year, we seem to produce uh, the results like Yuri Lechka that has snuck through the drawer and, you know, takes out uh, or- Alias Aliasim yesterday. You also have that young Ben Shelton, JJ Wolf is still alive. So, mm. I think we're, we're creating uh, or, or helping um, open up the doorway for uh, the, some younger, unknown players, um, you know, to, to have success here at the AO.
3: Talk us about the um, the emotional roller coaster of an Alexi Popper yeah. who comes out, Woody, and, and you know, beats a, a a really good player and and you know, a highly seeded player mm. on a massive yeah. high, and then. You know, an unseeded American beats him in straight sets, not without a yelp, obviously he was trying, but he, he, he'd gone to that emotional crescendo, if you like, and just really dropped himself down. Is that an inexperience? That's something that players have got to learn over time to be able to control those emotions and that, you know, win's a win no matter who it comes against so it doesn't bring you down for the next time you go on court that you, yeah. you, you, you're sort of mentally spent?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, I think that was the the, the mental battle. Uh, Unfortunately for Alexi, you know, know, just didn't respond uh, against Ben Shelton. And I I was a little worried after uh, the the round before and and the big win for Alexi. and stepping onto the court against someone who you know is really new uh, on, onto the tour, um, you, you know, not a lot of experiences. In fact, it's the first time he's he's ever travelled outside of the U.S. So at Grand Slam play, I, I mean, he's uh, you know, it's it's totally a new space for him. And um, just the response, uh, you, you know, reading uh, some of the comments of of, uh, of Alexei, and uh, you, you know, on the eve of the match, that that was it was for me, uh, like a red flag. Um, uh, you, you know, you, you've, you've got to be able to handle when you're not playing well. Um, you know, Alexi was talking about all of the, um, the, the matches and how well he was playing and, and the hard work. It's, it's almost like he, you've got to dig in a little deeper. And, uh, I, I think he was, I, I don't know, from my view, you know, the he wanted the crowd to be behind him. Um, He wanted all of the elements to be helping him, except he forgot about his tennis. Um, You you know, and uh, Ben Sheldon is a is a a bright uh, has a bright future ahead of him. But I I feel like Alexei's only going to learn a whole lot more. This one might hurt a little bit. This is it's a great start to the year, but yeah, I I feel like you you know this result was similar to the experiences that he went through last year, and that's. uh, uh you know, he's just got to turn those matches around in future.
2: Hey, Woody, we've got a few Aussies uh, left in the doubles as well. Obviously, Kubler, uh, Kubler and uh, Jason Kubler, rather, and Rinky in Jakarta in action uh, today. Savile and Alex Bolt are still alive also. And I know John Pierce and, and Storm Sanders are, are paired up with internationals as well. So there's a bit more Aussie interest in the double side of the draw. Uh,
0: now, isn't isn't that <laughs> it's great to see that there's still... You know the the guys and and, and Storm uh, Hunter as well are, are out there playing doubles, and um, you know uh, uh, it, which is fantastic to see because it's a it's a part of our, our our sport and and close to my heart obviously with the with the doubles. If you're out of the singles, you know you can uh, uh, have some great success on the doubles court. But yeah, look, uh, I, I mean, you know the singles are going to take place on on the major show course, but of course. You know, we'll be there in the doubles. And, uh, you know, I'm liking a couple of South Australians over there uh, later today uh, with Alex Mm. Bowles, Luke Saville, who, you know, Sav has had the experience of being in a couple of finals here. He knows what it takes to to go deep into this tournament. So uh, I'm hoping that they can get through a couple more matches.
2: Hey, before we let you go, Woody, what, this might be putting you on the spot. What's the latest finish to a match you ever had? Uh, what, what time was the clock reading when you finished one of your doubles matches back in the day? <laughs>
0: well, actually, uh, here at the Australian Open, I, I played uh, uh, the... I don't, know, I don't think it was the year that I made the semis of the AO, but I played Yannick Noah uh, in the second round, yeah. and uh, we finished at... I think it was like quarter to two. We started late because of the the first match, the women's match, took a a lengthy time to to complete. Uh, We got on the court. I don't remember what time we started, but it was was well over four hours uh, and it was clearly five sets. But, uh, I mean, I I was spent and, uh, yeah, it was um, back then. (laughs) It, It was, I think, a good majority of the crowd stayed because Yannick Noah was I think he was in the number four seed and, and uh, had been playing well. He'd won the week before in Sydney and um, it was uh, yeah, like a, a great win for me. One of those uh, uh, memorable ones, but it was like half one, quarter to two when we finished.
2: Good on you, Woody. Great to talk to you, mate. I appreciate your time this morning and uh, I don't need to uh, encourage you to enjoy the rest of the tournament, but we'll be listening with, with great interest over the course of the week.
0: Yeah, thanks. Always good talking to you guys. And go, demons, later tonight. Mark <laughs> Woodford,
2: there, uh SCN tennis expert. Uh, off the the text, what's the furthest Woody got in singles in a in a Grand Slam? He reached the semi final of the Australian Open just uh, down the road here in 1996. But the fourth round uh, at the French Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open. A fourth round of Wimbledon three times. <laughs>
1: The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome
2: back. Great to have your company on a Monday morning. Hope your week started well. Uh, Scoop, Craig Tiley, he leads a team that puts on a 14-day global showpiece It employs thousands of people. And he doesn't sleep. And he doesn't sleep. No, that's what we're told. In fact, in his decade in charge, he couldn't sleep because he's had bushfire smoke, he's had extreme heat, he's had the odd spectator issue, he's had the small matter of COVID-19 and reduced crowds. There's never a dull moment, so we appreciate his time. And Roger retiring. And Roger retiring, his time this morning. Good morning, Craig, and, and welcome back to SEN.
7: Morning guys, good to be back.
2: Great to have you back. this is what the Australian Open is all about, isn't it? Uh, Alex Demon, the young local hope up against the uh undisputed champion uh and a legend of the sport in Novak Djokovic tonight. It's it's everything that's great about the the Aussie Open. You must be excited for it.
8: I
7: am. I'm particularly excited for the match tonight. Alex is playing great tennis. Uh, Novak is, is has been struggling with his injury and his hamstring and uh, but it still finds a way to always get it done. He won the event 2 years ago when he had had a Cooled stomach muscles, so uh, he finds a way to get done. He's tough to beat, and yep and the match tonight is probably is just a good summary of what the Australian Open's all about. It brings you a story every day, which uh, which is fun for everyone.
2: There's been stories everywhere. One of those has obviously been uh, not a new story. It must be said, but some of the late night finishes. Now, are you hoping as much as anyone that this one doesn't tick too far past midnight? If it does at all,
8: <laughs> well, it
7: does start. It does. The uh, men's match does start at seven o'clock, so it's uh, the it's, uh, potential to be a little earlier. Uh, you never know uh, when you when you put the schedule on. It, ha- it hasn't changed from year to year. When you put the schedule out there, you sometimes have very short matches, sometimes have mm. medium, sometimes have long matches. You can't predict that. Last night was a night of another two long matches, a five-set match on the men's side and a full three-set match on the women's side. It was great tennis, both both sessions. But um, it's going to be it's fairly normal. It's not it's not uncommon to finish. Uh, Finish after midnight, but uh, we just have we have just as many matches that finished before as well.
2: So you're a bit bemused by the debate, which is you know gathered a fair head of steam, it must be said, and, and some of the players have spoken out about it. Is there an answer? Does there even need to be an answer or a solution to it, Craig? Or do you think it's, a, it's such a rare event that we get these four o'clockers or two thirty amers that it, it doesn't need a, a massive shift?
7: Yeah, you know, it's not ideal having the the, 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 the very early um, finish, like the four am when uh, when Andy mm. Murray finished this year and and uh, And similarly, we had one about twelve years ago. So you know, we've had two really late finishes in the last fifteen years and uh, and then and, and we've had many finishes that have gone early. there's mm. there's so many variables that go into scheduling, and uh, we are over two weeks we we are twenty five sessions. We have three stadium courts with the roof and another sixteen courts and And to fit the matches in in the time that is required uh, because we have mixed doubles, doubles. Uh, of course, the juniors, um, and then and then the qualifying and the main draw. There are a lot of players, there's a lot of tennis to be played. And if you have a little bit of a disruption, like we did this uh, this year on Tuesday with extreme heat and then four stoppages with rain and a full day of rain, it puts you behind. And interestingly, we still have not caught up from those interruptions. We've still got two matches to catch up. Uh, so it takes, it takes about five or six days to catch up. So there's so many variables that go into it. It's not that straightforward. And, and uh and you know, we've got a team of people that have been doing it for for many years and and uh, we always look at it though we always take the feedback of the players and we'll go and debrief when we do after the event but it doesn't necessarily always mean that we can change it. and and in, in many ways we've we've got a system that works but we'll game we'll always look at it
3: when does that system start and stop craig like basically as the day gets going today the scheduling yeah. team looking at matches and how long they've gone and who they can Pit the next day if someone wins so it's it's an ever-evolving system that happens through a day and then when can that be finalized?
7: Well that's the challenge uh, uh an example is on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, the team and there's the team includes the representation from international broadcasters from the domestic broadcaster from the minister the women's tour the integrity team the security team the referee uh, the grand slam supervisor and, and myself and and as a tournament director. So it's a large team of people that sit in the room. We sat in the room for 25 hours working out the permutations with all interruptions last week. And and uh, and it's 25 hours over two days. So it's pretty intense and, and it's looked at every day. Um, but each athlete has no less than 15 to 20 variables for consideration. Jess Pagula, for, for example, is playing today. She played mixed doubles, doubles. She's an American player. ESPN wanted to play early in the day. She's going to have enough time between matches and so there's many uh, there's many variables that have to be considered. We do have, with the help of a of a of a program, a software program that helps us identify the conflicts. Like you may have the same coach or um, or, or, or the same physio that you've got to be separated, or there's not enough time between your previous match. So many of these the things go into consideration. And and I think what what has happened, we have offered to the players we're going to have a curfew to, to to stop at a specific time. They absolutely don't want that. Starting early is not possible because with with uh, leading into the news, uh, you lose some of the best matches if you're competing with the news. Um, and uh, and putting a few matches on a day runs a risk because the match may only be less than an hour, which we've mm. had many of those matches too. The average length of the women's match is one hour, 37 minutes. And the average length of the men's match is two hours, 48 minutes. So so it's, uh, it's the, the average length easily gets you in the time slots that you have.
2: We've had players say the, the discussion around the balls are, are a storm in a teacup. But Craig, I'm assuming you're more in, in that line than the, than the line that they're slower and, and they're this and they're that. And I read in the Herald Sun that the deal with Dunlop's um, been extended for another five years. I mean, what do you make of yeah. the, the conversation around the balls?
7: Well, every single year together with Dunlop and the court manufacturers, there's a very rigorous technical and scientific process that's gone through to test the ball uh, the ball this year is coming up as exactly the same specifications as the ball last year. Um, but again, similarly, we'll, uh, following the event, uh, you cannot change the ball mid-flight, but mm. following the event, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll debrief again with, uh, with our partners and, 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 and see if there's any other conditions. One thing that has been different this year have been the conditions. We've had more extreme heat. We've had more rain. We've had more extremes in weather. Um, and, uh, and that certainly has changed the conditions. But this ball has been used right throughout the summer. We started to be used in December when we started our events and, and all the way through. And just like with everything, you get some players that are complimentary to the ball, some some players that uh, don't like the ball. Um, and uh, But all that feedback, you always got to take into consideration and work with the players to make sure it works for them. Um, and particularly nice the fact that the testing of the ball is coming up exactly the same. So we need to look at everything and see why, uh, in some cases, some of the players feel like it's different.
3: Greg, interested in your thoughts on uh, let's just look at the, the the men's side of tennis just just for the minute the sort of changing of the guard and I, I know Novak seems to be an evergreen and he's here again and he's favourite for the tournament but you know I, I think you know Rafa's you know, days are numbered and and obviously with Roger giving it away in recent times there's a real changing of the guard. Are you, are you happy with the, the 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 next breed of men's tennis player that's that's coming through. We we probably saw two of the, the guns last night in Sitsa Pass and Sinner. I I uh,
7: um I've been through a few iterations of the changing of the guard from uh, <laughs> from uh, from Everett and Navratilova and Agassi and Sampras to uh, uh, to the Williams sisters and, and Nadal and and Federer and Djokovic. And uh, there was always a time where you would get nervous and say, well, there's no one behind them that won so much. And Federer on the men's side, Federer and Donald Duck, Serena lives with, on the women's side, have do- dominated the last 15 years so much. You just you, you, you just never saw anyone else break through other than them. And uh, But now uh, with them at the at the, twilight, at the end of their careers, and those that are coming through on the men's and the women's side, particularly I think on the men's side at this point, um, very excited. The, these players are uh, are great characters, good people, all got fantastic stories, interesting stories behind them. City Pass last night, Sinner, uh, the, they, they're, they, they're good guys too and uh, and play great tennis. They have got a few of the Americans coming through, a few of the Australians coming through, and it's great to see it. I think never before have we had such a large group that are all more or less the same level, as good as the, the, the greats of, of the past, and now you know, from 18 to the age of 24, are starting to make their breakthrough. So pretty excited. I think there's a potential this year. We'll see a new new winner, but you've got to knock off Djokovic first, and he's really hard to do. And uh, and the same thing on the women's side. Some the top seeds have lost, and and we don't know who's going to do it. I think Jess Pegula is playing the best tennis right now, and and it's always tough to beat. And um, it was the last year's semi finalists, and and so I, I think it's exciting. I think the fans are coming out, and I, I have read some articles where. Um, you know, people were critical of the of the Australian Open, and uh, and at the end of the day, we're having record crowds. We have our no. highest CSAT score, uh, record crowds watching it around the world, and and uh, and the and the rise of 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 the of the new champions of the future, and and they always we always uncover them here at the Australian Open, and. Uh, and that's what I'm pretty excited about for the next week.
2: It's awesome to have crowds back in full after the events of uh, of recent times, Craig. Just the last one before we let you go, the future of the tournament. Um, look, Melbourne Park, the way it's expanded and the facilities down there are absolutely amazing in that precinct. But... You know, you're forever looking to develop. I know. I think Roland Garros um, recently doubled the size. I think I saw something that Wimbledon recently bought a nearby golf course to expand as well. Uh, US Open, uh, you know, adding stadiums with roofs and the like. I, I, I'm not sure how landlocked you are down there, but what can you do in future? What are you looking to do? What, what else can you do to, to improve and expand as you, as you obviously need to keep doing?
7: Yeah, I think it's a really good question, and we're very fortunate. We we we, get, we are the Victorian government have done an unbelievable job of building the best sporting and entertainment precinct in the world. There's no question. I've been to many, and uh, and this there's no question. This is the best, and and the numbers we get coming through the gate, the fun that people have, and and so we we are particularly appreciative of that. We've we've just finished a ten-year redevelopment, but like with everything, you got to continue to improve and evolve and look at how you can do things better. We've got plenty of temporary infrastructure that can, can be converted to more permanent infrastructure. You know, we believe the site can, can even be further activated year-round for, 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 for Melbournians and, and for Victorians and those international and, and interstate guests as well. So, so we're constantly looking to evolve, um, and, um, but, uh, you know, we never want to rest on our laurels. We've got, we've got some great competition. The Australian Open is not going anywhere. It's here. It's staying here in Melbourne. And uh, it'll always be that way and will certainly under my watch will keep it that way and uh, and uh, but we're going to continue to improve and evolve like we do every time and like like the government wants to do like we want to do like um, and like all our partners want to do and and we've got good benchmarks with the other grand slams and the only threat we have is someone else pulls up an event that has as, as much prize money and and as long a time at the same time in another part of the world but we don't foresee that happening because uh, uh, we've built a pretty magnificent uh showcase of the game and showcase of our country to the rest of the world for the month of January.
2: Craig, we know you're going flat stick, uh, mate, so I really appreciate you squeezing us in this morning. Uh, enjoy and, and best of luck for the for the remainder of the week.
7: Thanks, guys. Always good to have a chat, and I think we're in for some good tennis and good good entertainment and, and good on Melbourne weather. It's doing, doing well for us, so appreciate
2: <laughs> Cra- it. Good on you, Craig. There's Craig Tiley there, the Australian Open boss, joining us on the line. Apologies to Anna Pavlou. We're late to get into her news headlines, so we'll do that right now and be back after this.
0: 26, and the SCN app's now compatible with Apple CarPlay. Connect your car now to listen anywhere, anytime.
2: Anna, thank you. This little segment will be really brief, uh, Scoot, because we ran a bit over time. Uh, we got to be carried oh, away. I did. Time. No, we, we both did. You said I did. No, I said we got a bit carried I away. I thought you great. said I. No, got carried away. Well, you did, but so did I, because there was a lot of ground to cover with him, and was. we didn't we didn't get to it all uh, I either. It was good. Yeah, I always love talking to Craig. Um, we need to take a break though earlier than uh, had initially planned because we've got Corey McKernan on the other side, North Melbourne legend and uh, premiership player. in the player, pub, of caper, Corey. Uh, he moved up to the Gold Coast. I think he still owns the Levison, does he, or did he get out of the Levison? Sure. Well, let's North ask Melbourne? him. Let's ask him because we, we also wanted to ask him about North Melbourne uh, going down the dual captaincy path after the announcement that Jarret Simkin and Luke McDonald would steer Alistair Clarkson's kangaroos on field this year in season 2023. So stay with us. We'll be back with Corey McKernan and we might ask him about the pub game as well as Scoob wants to do on the other side of this.
1: The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast.
2: Welcome back. Corey McKernan was a North Melbourne champion. He's a dual premiership player. He was an AFL MVP. He's an All-Australian. one, won the best and fairest even at the Blues uh, in the back end of his career. He's done just about everything in the caper. So who better, Scoob, to uh, assess North Melbourne's uh, history-making dual captaincy appointment other than Corey McKernan himself. And he joins us on the line. G'day, Corey. Good morning, gents. How are you going? I'd rather
3: find out this what? information with Corey sitting at one of his pubs on a stool, having a yak. That's Go on, then. Ask I'd him. Rather. Ask him. You still in the pub, Caper, Corey?
8: No, no. Well and surely out, yeah. Simon. So a, a long time ago. I'm, I'm living on the the Sunshine Coast, Oof. and uh, it's fair to say your time to run. I've been up here for about four and a half years now. I'm loving it.
2: Magnificent. Uh, although uh, Only four we're, and a half years by the time. We're, told, we're <laughs> told you popped your head into kangaroos training uh, the other week to to watch the the boys run around.
8: We did. It, it probably looked like the uh, the kangaroos mafia in the end because <laughs> I, I couldn't really hide, and mind you, I can't hide when I'm six foot five. Um, but uh, I think I was over on one side, and then I saw one D King on the other side he had his uh, binoculars out and taking <laughs> notes feverishly but uh, no it was it was good to go down like I had I mean had the opportunity to go and check the boys out and uh, yeah no it was really good
2: yeah, was It was it was Kingy in disguise as well or he just uh, went as he is
8: I reckon uh, Kingy's about as much chance of going in disguise as me he was uh was had the, sh- the, sh- the shorts and the thongs and a
2: T-shirt and on, so he wasn't dressed for Fox, <laughs> but he put it that way. Uh, we read or we hear, rather, from Todd Viney, the, the, obviously the new head of football down there, Corey, that the leadership vote was values-based, and, and he said a real focus was put on who best represented uh, the shinboner spirit, if you like, and they've certainly got that in Jai Simkin and Luke McDonald, or obviously first 22 footballers every day of the week, but really represent the North Melbourne way. Um, but were you surprised that they went down the dual path?
8: Oh look! I, I must admit, when I ever hear sometimes about a, a dual captaincy, I'd like my eyebrows get a little bit raised. But I think it was actually the perfect choice in terms of where North Melbourne are at. Um, I think it it's it's a it's a great choice actually because I think it rewards someone like Luke McDonald that's been a stalwart there. But then Jai Simpkin can, can really, you know, I mean, have someone he can bounce ideas. Now, if things you know, I mean, I want uh, Luke McDonald to play for a hell of a long time, but he's more at the back end of his career than his front. And it's probably an inspired choice that maybe down the track that Jai Simpkin would probably just take over the role, you know, I mean, in maybe four or five years' time when he's absolutely completely ready. So i, I love the choice.
3: So important at a time of transition with a new coach and new director of footy, et cetera, et cetera, Corey, That that, you know, that that playing group are, are a united one and that, that these guys can be voted in in the right manner, that you know that your playing list, at least you've ticked the box there, that they're, they're all pulling in the one direction with a couple of good cobbers leading the way for them.
8: It is funny, Simon, isn't it? When you, when you think about the voting process, I'd uh, I'd love to know whether it was tied at the end. It was just mysteriously tied, and we ended up with two votes exactly the same. You know the way football clubs work. <laughs>
2: what about the leadership group as a whole? Uh, Jack Zebel remains um, in that leadership group. Um, I wanted to ask you about Todd Goldstein, but just with Jack Zebel, was it the right time for him to hand over the captaincy, did you feel? And then, as seems to be the modern way, Corey, he can obviously hang around and facilitate that transition?
8: Oh, look, I, I think it's vitally important to have, you know, such a great North Melbourne person like Jack's Jack evil. And, and I love the language coming out. I, I, I think sometimes the most misused and misunderstood word is that a word called shinbone of spirit. It's more exactly as they spoke about. It. It's more going about it in a North Melbourne way. And if someone has typified the North Melbourne way over the last 10 years. And you know, I, mean, I think he's had six or seven of those as captain, as Jack evil And to be able to, as I mentioned, like to have Luke McDonald and Jai Simpkin as the, the captains, um, to have someone like Jack, who, who, who I know is such a great North Melbourne person, I, th- I think it's just vital that he's a part of that. You know, I mean, in that transition period moving forward.
2: So Ben Cunnington stays there. Nick Larky as well. We're looking forward to seeing um, Ben Cunnington with a full year of footy ahead of him. Uh, ben Mackay joins the leadership group for the first time, which is great. But so Todd Goldstein isn't there. I mean, I, I would assume that might be his choice to not be there. I mean, we're you surprised by the fact that he isn't in the leadership group, given everything um, he's achieved in the game and how long he's he's been there? I mean, he's part of the furniture down there now.
8: Oh, look, yeah, yeah. It, it maybe is a little bit surprising. Only from the point of view, I, I've known Todd since he first started at North Melbourne. And he's such an amazing story that people wouldn't know this. That he actually got sent away from the football club. I think when I was, like, uh, when I was rut coach for a couple of years, we actually sent him away to Werribee because his attitude towards football, you know, I mean, wasn't up to standard. And he, he's actually made himself into the player he is today. So, whether uh, and as we all know, boys, I, I think sometimes yeah, he can have a, a leadership role by title. But in, in in Todd's case, I don't think he needs a leadership title in, in terms of showing the way, how you should prepare and go about your footy, and especially in North Melbourne way.
3: It's an amazing you know, story in itself to to think you know because you see him play now and you think oh, he's just a he's a full product you know he, he's a, a North Melbourne person through and through. There was early challenges.
8: Yeah, and that's what I love about it, Simon. You know, I mean, you're not only, um, you know, I mean, at that point, he'd be the first to admit, like, his attitude towards football, you know, it wasn't up to standard. And it's a great story for any young player that comes into a football club. And uh, that's, I, I really, you know, I mean, and I think this year, Todd will get to 300 games. Now, there's, he joins a very illustrious list of the North Island Football Club, but, in terms of how he goes about it, and I mean, he's made himself into an, an elite big man of the competition, and, and I've got nothing but admiration for him. And, and arguably, if we if we repick the North Melbourne team of the century, and I know Greg Ryan's probably listening out there, he hates me even saying those sorts of things, but if we um, if we did pick it again, well, who knows? He'd definitely be in the, probably in the starting twenty-two
2: now. Corey, should they find a way to rest Todd Goldstein in the first, you know, uh, handful of rounds, just so he doesn't have to play his three hundredth? You know, no disrespect to Mount Barker, the old uh, sheep paddock there, that uh, the Roos are going to be playing on for for gather round. But you can't be playing your three hundredth uh, out out in the back blocks of uh, of Adelaide, surely? I
8: don't I don't think we're worrying if we've had a few wins under our belt. I don't think I don't think we'll be worrying about that. But now look at. It's just it's just a it's just the quirk of the draw that yeah, I mean, and I think uh, yeah, like if he gets the opportunity to get the 300 games anywhere, I know that North Melbourne will celebrate in the right way wherever it's going to be, whether it's at Mount Barker, MCG, or or Marvel.
2: Now, your expectations for the year for your old mob. I mean, Jason Orn-Francis left amid much controversy. I know he's got Kane Corns his old number. Kane's now his biggest fan. I'm not sure how he's going to go this year, but they recruited pretty well too. They were aggressive in the in the trade period as well under under Alistair Clarkson and uh, and Brady Rawlings, who steers the ship there. What's a reasonable aim do you think for this year? Oh,
8: look, I don't uh, look. I don't know about aims, but I know the one thing. And even you noticed this when I went to training the other day. I think it's just. The all-round uh, uh, with the entire football club, like whether it's the admin department or the football department, it's just the raising of the standards. And if everyone's trying to reach those really high standards uh, throughout the throughout the year, I think they're going to have a have a pretty good year. Um, I suppose the only thing that's back at the back of my mind, boys, is. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, yeah. Like I know it's very sensitive in terms of um, you know in that ongoing investigation with Clarko. and hopefully, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's put to bed and, and no one has to worry about it again. But I think, yeah, for the entire year, I think it's, it's exciting times for the Kangaroos. When I went to that session the other day, I went to training maybe once or twice last year. Now you can't read too much into what I'm saying, but you just noticed there was a hell of a lot more voice and direction out on the track from the players. And and that, for me, little things like that end up being big things. And if they, as I said, if you've got really high standards in the way that you go about your footy on and off the field, well, you're only going to go forward.
2: Corey, great to talk to you, mate. Really appreciate you finding the time uh, up there on the beautiful Sunshine Coast. Um, And uh, all the best with it uh, for the remainder of the day, mate. Hope you have a good one.
8: I will, and i uh, looking forward to watching the rest of the Bengals and the and the Bills, oh, yeah. and then I'll settle in for the Cowboys and the 49ers.
2: So, yeah, sorry to interrupt your NFL viewing. I know you're big on that. <laughs> uh, so appreciate it, mate. All the best. See you. Bye. Corey McKernan there, North Melbourne champion. And we'll have one of Jai Simkin and Luke McDonald on tomorrow's scoop, so looking forward to that. We'll take a, a break, a final break, before we catch
1: up with Julian DeStew. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast.
2: Oh, geez, a busy show today. Uh, Craig Tiley, Corey McKern and BP joined us. Woody, Mark Woodford was on the line as well. Plenty of tennis, a little bit of footy as well. And as I said, we'll uh, have a chat to one of North Melbourne's newly installed captains, this time tomorrow, Scoop, did you find a spud recipe for us? And now that you've spud gates ended, and I've got your beautiful potatoes in that brown bag, have you got something for me?
3: To... I think it's up to you to find your own
2: spud. No, well, I want a piggy bag off the back of your research, if that's all right. You got um, anything for me? Something baked? Something roasted? For
3: myself. Do your own research. Oh jeez.
2: All right, I thought the goodwill might have continued, but obviously not. Julian De Stoops here for Mornings. G'day, Jules. Hello, boys. How are we? We'll, we'll just get your microphone hey, on there we'll in a moment, and we on. might try that yeah. again. Um, we'll yell out a bit louder. Why don't you just uh, you whisper in my ear who you've got on, and I'll just tell people who you've got on. Can not hear me? No, nah, oh, can can hear that one. No, you're hey. invisible. Have the one with the red light on. Started well. How are we? Oh, yeah, there, you
0: there you go. There we is Daniela going to join us. Oh, SEN's very own. Daniela Hanchikova, former uh, semi-finalist at the Australian Open. Is wow. she world number four? World number six? Six. How Speaks four, four languages and almost fluent in two others. What are you going to speak to her in then? Slovak. <laughs> so there we go. How <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I put it to you? The quarter family could be the greatest sporting family we've ever seen.
2: You couldn't put it to me.
0: Name me a better one. Across more than one sport. Don't just give me the Maddens and the Sylvanis and the Amblets. It's gotta a- be across two sports.
2: It's gotta be across two. Well he might have a point there. Peter and Seb. Seb's a great story. Alright. Let Jules know. One 736, 736.